0: This is Mike Sempervivi from WrestlingObserver.com. Check me out on Wrestling Observer Live every day. And also check out your boys, Rich and James, on One Nation Radio. All right, this is Kenny Omega. We're listening to One Nation Radio. Check it out, guys.
1: These guys know what's up. Big Kenny Omega fans, that's all it counts to me. Goodbye and good night. Hey. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this week's edition of One Nation Radio. I'm James Boyd, and I'm here with the ultimate light skin, Rich Lada. What's going on?
0: Not much, man. Just, uh, you know, had a fun weekend and I was, uh, you know, shouts out to all the moms out there that's uh, listening. And uh, I was with my mom yesterday making TikTok videos, uh, dancing on hers, and I was making some comedy videos on mine and um, chilling with uh, Swerve this weekend and was getting into some music stuff. So, you know, it was all right. Took that ride out to Orlando with no traffic. In the middle of a pandemic, too in the middle of a pandemic so yeah you know living on the wild side
1: yeah so when you know eventually they shut this shit all down we can blame Richard Derek Latta (laughs) he's the one that broke the bubble
0: (laughs) yeah man like it it was either that or I was gonna you know go out there and um, you know start protesting in front of the courthouse and and doing squats and sit ups and
1: all that other (sighs) stuff Come on, man. all right. I guess you got to talk about Florida. I, this wasn't on the sh- on the show sheet, but uh, Florida, Florida, how you always embarrass me. Florida, how I always still love you, regardless. Um, yeah. So there was a, uh, a a small protest on some um, city hall looking uh, building in Florida about wanting. Um, folks to uh, get their I guess their their rights to be able to work out at the gym again and they did part of this uh, protest by doing calisthenics which thereby proves that you do not need <laughs> the fucking gym to get your sweat on or your pump on or whatever you want to call it when you work out you fucking morons yeah, uh, man. They, they was doing squats holding the
0: American flag and bro. I saw that and that's like that's right as you go over the bridge of Clearwater Beach. Like that's where that is.
1: Wait, it wasn't it was Florida, it was actually Pinellas County. Yeah, it was Clearwater Beach. Oh shit. Yeah. Literally. That's like that's the that's the kind of rich, crib. Yeah, yeah, that's the kind of me and Rich live in, by the way, uh, folks. So yeah, that Clearwater is Rich has lived in Clearwater. I've lived in Clearwater when I was younger. I've lived most of my life in a town that is adjacent to Clearwater. Rich right now currently lives in it in a town that's adjacent to Clearwater. Yeah, um, all all bad, oh, all bad. <laughs> yeah. So if y'all saw that
0: on the news, you know that's you know right near us. So. <laughs>
1: but yeah, yeah. We, got, oh, we, we another thing, lot. another thing about that. Whenever you saw, like a month ago, when you saw people packing the beaches with, uh with, uh what do you call it, spring breakers or whatever else, that was also Clearwater Beach. Are you are you sensing a theme here? This yeah. bullshit is happening around us. Correct. They're trying to
0: like somebody's They're trying to trying get, to get your radio. boys is trying to get rid of One Nation Radio somehow, some way. Yeah, like Jay Z, Scarface, and Beanie Siegel said. But um, we've got a lot. To get into, like literally going back to Wednesdays, and of course, you know, uh, we had the uh, head to head, the last mm-hmm. dance, um, with Money in the Bank. Kind of, I've seen <laughs> like almost all of both. Uh, I mm-hmm. did not finish the Seth and Drew match, but I'm hearing good things about it. Um, and I did not see the, the Wyatt Strowman title match, but I saw everything else, so
1: okay, yeah. So, I mean, before we get into that, uh, and before we've before we delve into even the Jordan stuff I think um, one thing I need to ask you Is um, how much of Or if any of it did you see of The Erica Badu and Jill Scott Oh uh, I would love in. You was locked in, huh?
0: Oh, I was locked in, bro. I was, you know, I had to, you know, I, I, I was smelling the essential oils through the phone, you know. I was, you know, um, trying not to look Erica by doing the eye for too long, you know, because then I might have to just, you know, break quarantine and go get, get one of them hats, you know, that we was talking about on here yeah. last week. Yeah. Um, she had the Bruce Lee playing in the background in the, in the back. I don't know if you remember in um, uh, New Jack City when, you uh, when um what's his name wesley snipes uh nino brown had, yeah, nino brown had uh g money and old girl there and he had like the movie in the background but it was scarface like she had bruce lee playing in the background it was just like the aesthetic was like right. crazy it like it was on a, jill, on a
1: black and white projector yeah right
0: and then jill was out there just like you know they were just playing funk
1: like yeah, yeah. Um I didn't check it out, uh, for no particular reason other than these are uh two people that I know I know of some of their music, but it was not it was not something I followed in the late nineties or early two thousands. Um that that soul could I guess uh the last twenty years of soul singing is not really my s my steez or whatever else. Like I'm kinda like contemporary R and B in the like um having you know having a lot of the um musical sensibilities fit in line with you know hip-hop of the time that's more my thing uh but like i respect both of them like uh erica badu you know I, i think like you talk about you know the how she is a bit of a man eater and she quote unquote the people that she uh she turned. She has lured. Uh, has you. these like weird ep- stretches of their careers uh, musically, and I tend to disagree because, like, you know, the most notable one is like the one that you know has one of the best discographies in the history of profession of of music. So <laughs> I, I disagree, but whatever. Um, yeah, I just um, another thing is like I listened to Stake, only, uh, uh this week. I was listening to a lot of um, like best of Outcast type stuff. Like I was on Spotify and it's like clicked on the "This Is Outcast" thing and it was like, I forgot how awesome like, uh, my humble mumble is. So I was like, oh yeah, that's like this. That is like, you know, the Erykah Badu Outcast song and it's just dope. So I'm like, I just can't. I, I you know, as you were saying this stuff about like leading up to the Jill Scott Erykah Badu thing, I'm just like here come Rich, he about to come off with these same jokes he's been saying for like, (laughs) for a year, for years, and and I'm just gonna be like, nah, man. But, but yeah, like, um, who's gonna say one? um, No one, really. Everybody was just kind of enjoying it. Um, Okay, so basically like, people took it the same way that they took it, where like, they're both just like, yeah, play that hard shit, Jill. Oh, yeah, play that hard shit, Erica. They were both, like, yeah. you see they were both, like, you know, really putting on for each other, because, you know, there's genuine love there between the two. It wasn't as much of a competition.
0: And, and there was, like, I believe there was a song that Jill Scott wrote for Erica Badu that she played, so it was like, yeah, oh, this, got is, me. this yeah. is so many styles, oh, this is a group. <laughs> <laughs> so um and it was uh I, I wouldn't call myself an expert on any other catalogs or anything, mm-hmm. but when you started just hearing this, I'm like I'm like, Oh, okay, I remember that hearing that right, when I was right. coming up or whatever, my mom would play this, da 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 and I'm like yeah. oh, okay. So I, I tuned in for, you know, about twenty, thirty minutes or something like that.
1: Okay. Okay, well, I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't ask you nothing stupid like, "Was they looking good?" Because the answer was, "Hell yeah, dummy!" But uh, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Like, it, is Jill Scott still the first team? Is a number one pick all time in the BBW One Nation Radio Draft? She's still number one overall. Hey man,
0: ever? I mean, there's her. There's Dasha Polanco uh, from Orange Is the New Black. You know, I mean, I'm not a, going, I'm
1: not going to go too far. I didn't want to start just dropping we, a bunch we, of names, but I mean, right. yeah, I thought, I think last time we left it, she was number one.
0: Uh, is anybody, uh, we, is anybody to, like
1: came for the crown? I,
0: I, I think I think Dasha would be the one. Um, uh, I don't know. We have to probably continue this uh, conversation in the Discord if y'all want to want to holler at us <laughs> about about uh, something like that. So I am not putting this on recorded air. Uh, you know, going too think, far into I that list. I,
1: I think that's smart. I think that's smart. So
0: um, join the Discord <laughs> under the One Nation Radio tab. Who is on your list? <laughs> Oh man, Lord, we, I, mean, I mean, I mean, Nia Jack. has got to get a spot.
1: Yeah, yeah, she's, she's, she's <laughs> high. She's she's high somewhere on the list. I haven't, I haven't figured where. I don't figure figured out where she is. I don't know if it, I don't think it's Mount Rushmore. I'm not even sure if it's the Pantheon, but like, she she's got to be uh, out of you know the tiers from uh, one to five. She got to be at least a t- uh, four tier. The yeah. higher you go, the better it is, not the lower. So right, <laughs> All right. Um. Yeah, so, I mean, I guess we got to get into the, the Jordan doc stuff, right? Yeah. Yeah, so, do you want to talk about last week's uh, edition of the two episodes? Do you want to just put, talk about, like, the last four we got? Because we, you know, we're... Let's put really them together. Put them together? Okay. Yeah. So, the last four episodes cover from the, uh, from the 92 uh, season to his return and his first title... Um back from retirement in ninety six. Uh I thought that last night's or last night's two episodes were from a humanistic standpoint of getting to know the man beyond the uh beyond the accolades and um the greatness of I think if you were looking for more than just he's a great, he was a great athlete, watch his great highlights and the stories of his greatness, find out something human about him, know something about him, I think these were the two episodes for you. Um, and honestly for me, like, this is kind of around the time where it goes from being like, oh yeah, I, I know when I was a kid, I know of Michael Jordan, he's the best basketball player in the world, to like, I love Michael Jordan. Like, so like this run from the retirement to the comeback is like when I start like my memory is like sharp as a sharp as iron, uh, you know, when it comes mm-hmm. to like the Jordan memory stuff then. So um for me it's I, I I really enjoyed these these past four episodes. Uh I I I I mean what are your thoughts on uh, what you got in these last four episodes?
0: The last two last night, I was terribly bored. Mm-hmm. Um I don't know why, but it was just like I really don't care about going through the baseball thing again. uh it was sad seeing about his dad dying and mm-hmm. you know all that, and thinking about like Mike was thirty years old <laughs> when that happened and yeah. Um, but yeah, overall, it was like you know I a, a lot of the stuff I knew but You know, it's it's interesting in hearing, you know, how he acted uh, as a baseball player uh, in that team dynamic compared to, you know, what he was doing (laughs) in the NBA. Um, Uh,
1: Yes. Very, very interesting. Um, Yeah. I I think for me, um, when it came to the Jordan stuff, when it came to the retirement, like people talk really big about. Uh, the conspiracy theories of, well, was he suspended by Stern or the league or whatever else? And this was some version of an 18-month suspension because of the gambling and, you know, he spent his time by doing that and now he's back. And people love talking about and running away with that conspiracy theory, but like over the past, you know, 25 years. But the one thing that like watching this documentary, remembering what was happening in baseball at the time, like and remember, like, some of the players in the work stoppage in 94, when we didn't get a 94 uh, World Series. Uh, Jerry Reinsdorf, the owner of the Chicago Bulls and the Chicago White Sox, was a big proponent in the reason why we had a work stoppage in baseball. And it's never thought of in some... I don't think I've ever really ever heard about it being brought up as far as I've never heard of nothing theory, like that. The conspiracy theory that Jordan retires... He wants to play baseball. Okay, come play baseball for my baseball team. We're having a we're we're heading towards a work stoppage in baseball. Okay, I have a World Series contending legitimate contender, and I have a uh, league MVP in Frank Thomas. I am going to then cut my. I'm basically going to help shut down that World Series, and then Michael Jordan has nothing to do. So he possibly has to get the itch to come back. No one, I don't think I've heard anyone ever bring that up, but like, I'm not saying that actually happened, but like the, all these things are in place to where if you were to be a conspiracy theorist about it, like you could go about it and try to connect more dots if you wanted to, but like, it's there for someone to speculate about it. And like, we always hear about the gown, but not that. And I always found, I was just like last night, like I thought about it. I was like, huh, how come no one has? That's weird.
0: Yeah, I, I can't say I've ever heard of that um, theory before. Um, it was, The whole first retirement thing, honestly, is just bizarre. It had to be a motherfucker. Like, to, like imagine,
1: like. <laughs> Rich, imagine, imagine being, instead of being born, and you were born in 89 or 90, right? 89, yeah. And imagine being born in, in 1980 and, and this happened.
0: Yeah. So, like, like, the- hold on. You're 30 years old and you're just retiring? Like, right. why? Right. like and then magic had retired at 31 obviously due to a debilitating illness like three right. years before yeah, that yeah. or whatever, people thought right? he was most of that
1: yeah most people thought that, like most people thought that he was going to die right <laughs> yeah i um I, Yeah, it's, it's it's really strange and another thing about it is like while he's retiring it's like you see like the like the career NBA career obits on him at the time and they're showing it and like you hear Tom Brokaw talk about it and everybody else is like after those first three rings most people consider him the greatest basketball player of all time then and like to hear that and hear how like colored this stuff is now when like hearing about all the all the old motherfuckers that like hated Kobe and hates LeBron it's just like okay so when he won his three in a row, that was fine. That was enough to just go crown him. And now, like we've gone to a place of of such such hyper critical nonsense and hate and flat out hating that, like, nah, we we don't even do that now. Like, you, it, you must get seven or fuck off. <laughs> um, yeah, I I thought that was interesting. And it's like, damn. So y'all was really, the, but what happened to the? This rings culture is real, real new. This is some real, you know, the rings culture is some real, uh, millennial shit. Because, like, imagine nowadays if they did, if they people were trying to say this with Jordan, they'd be like, well, and obviously, honestly, I'd be like, you kind of have a point here when it's like, okay, Kareem has six rings as well. Uh, Kareem has six MVPs, the Jordan's five Bill Russell has eleven fucking championships. Magic Johnson has five championships. Y'all want to crown this dude for "quote unquote" only three? Like it, it would it would be a fucking. Dis- it's funny. Like Skip Bayless would hate Michael Jordan. <laughs>
0: <That> would- <laughs> nah, no, because like, no. he, he had three with three to bat finals MVPs. He with-
1: would have hated Jordan now if he was if Jordan was basically if we had this whole internet age whoever if Skip Bayless or whoever the Skip Bayless of the time was he would have been hating the same way that Skip Bayless hates on LeBron it's fucking like wild
0: Skip me like, right huh skip me right
1: skip said that it was okay for Michael Jordan to uh keep Horace Grant uh from being able to eat after games if uh Jordan deemed that his game was subpar Fuck Skip Baitless. <laughs> <Like, laughs> this is ridiculous. Like, get the fuck out of here. Like if you, you talk about and this is we'll cover this uh talking about a little bit later, but like getting to the you know, Jordan was a bully, Jordan was an asshole stuff that was in episodes uh, you know, um the last, this week's episodes or whatever else but
0: Jordan would have fit well with uh JBL and you know, Ron
1: Simmons and uh, the Undertaker and, you know, the culture. Yeah, sounds sounds real interesting. Actually, no, he wouldn't, because like they would have been like, yeah, he's tall, but he's skinny. He doesn't have the look for this business. <laughs> 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 they would have ran him out of here. It <laughs> would have ran him out of here. But um, yeah, I just I, I I just uh the Jordan stuff for um for for the comeback. I I thought that like uh I thought that the skip the 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 Gary Payton stuff where he just like. Jordan don't concede anything, bro. He don't concede anything. Like, for them to talk about the 96 finals and to not point out that, like, and, and then, like, to go with the part about Jordan's mind was on his father not playing, even though, like, the, the Bulls annihilated them in the first three games. Like, then all of a sudden, at last three games, like, his mind's on somewhere else. It's so, like, that's convenient, but, like, like your dad, like his
0: mind wasn't on his dad. Like the whole '70s, who wins during the season? Right, right.
1: right. right. And, and then like, look, man, Gary Payton the, is one the, of the, the one funny
0: one Jordan four- excuses are like the, the funny Jordan excuses are just like kind of hilarious because these are a lot of things I used to say and just get shouted down. Uh, like last decade when talking about you know, how I thought people should have respected Kobe. Like, you know, I was like, well. He went to the finals more times. Well, he played in a tougher era against, like, better defenders and everything like that. And you're just like, no, no, no. I'm like, look, man, this man was getting guarded by Hershey Hawkins, John Stars, Jeff Hornacek, Dan Marley. Imagine what Kobe would have done to them, to them same people. Like, it, it, it I don't know. It, so, some of the stuff is, like, mythology, and then a lot of it is just, like, is, is wrapped in this presentation, but I feel like we all have our own kind of feelings on, like, you know, I think his career played out, like, in that sense, kind of like how it was supposed to. Like, you wasn't supposed to win in 95. Like, I don't want to hear the bullshit about you trying to roll out of bed and steal a ring. um, And yeah. and you come out there and get your ass spanked. Like, yeah, nah, and- man, all this shit about, yeah, they would have
1: won eight straight. You, you fucking believe that? No. Like, no. I don't. No, i never believe that. And another thing when it comes to, like, the 95 team, when he comes back, it's like, people talk about that, that steal, or how, you know, Nick Anderson got him from behind and then in the end of game one, and it's like, yeah, that happened, but it's like, Jordan played well in that series. Like, Jordan averaged over 30 in that series. Right? And I think he scored 38, like, over 35 in a few of those games. It's just they lost because, like, they didn't have a Horace Grant or a Dennis Rodman on that team. Like... When they, I think when he came back, I think when he came back, they were, like, either 500, like, 34 and 31 or something like that when he came back. So, yep. it's like, that wasn't, that like, people confused the 94 team and 95 teams, I think, was what happens with people. So, it's like, oh, you know, Jordan didn't have his basketball body back or whatever else, which is true, but it's like, that team also stunk. And, like, Jordan, like, played, you know, was almost Jordan at that time. It wasn't like you know he was like oh my god he can't dribble with anymore with two hand, or you know with his left hand. It was like he was it just didn't was, happen. You know, yeah. Um, like I, I think that I think that the '96 stuff with his dad for me was like touching because like that I remember specifically the Father's Day thing and I did not remember much else about that series aside from like they won they they smoked them the first three games and then like. Jordan, or Payton starts guarding Jordan and like Jordan is not playing well and then like they win game 6 on Father's Day and then I remember him crying like crying on the floor one thing that this that this show uh, that this documentary got was I had no idea that there was audio of him, of him just like just like Man crying, just sobbing, and like just so gutting uh, to hear it. And I and it, for me, it hit me in a different way because I was like, I remember this footage of him just laying on the ground crying. I didn't know if this was him, like you know, you know, crying it, you know, crying his soul out onto that onto the the the, uh, the trainer's uh, floor. Um, so that was it for me. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, I think I think the thing for me that's kind of getting long in the tooth is. uh, them trying to stretch the ninety eight season into being something more than it actually right. is when they keep going back when it's like if they I, I, I see what they're doing in their device to try to like inform you for the past of why this season was so important, but it's like the ninety eight season should have just been like the last episode and we call it there, as opposed to these things we keep coming back to. Um because like you look at these seasons, like the ninety eight season is the ninety eight season the least important season of, of him in the nineties?
0: Um I would probably say the 90 No, that one's like the most mythologized because it has the shot and everything like that. I'd probably say the third title.
1: The third title? Yeah. I mean, but that's fresh off of I mean, I, maybe I'm just confused because like I'm also mixing that along with well, one like 93 might be their best team um talent-wise and then also like for me it just felt like you have to you almost put the ninety two almost put like the dream team with ninety three together as one thing and that's probably unfair but you're so you might be right, but like ninety three might be the best Bulls team out of that whole run. Mm. Like talent Because it's like is Jordan like at the peak of his powers. It's Scotty like just a defensive force. Horace Grant's a defensive force as well. And like they're just killing all these teams at like, you know, only have two ball hanglers and they're pressing motherfuckers like that's another thing when you talk about like the NBA like now versus can you imagine trying to press I don't give a damn if you have two Kawhis like uh like Jordan and uh, let them niggas trying to press Kyra Irving all right not even (laughs) it's like how you gonna gonna press in the NBA when you have now at this point at, at the at minimum three guys on the floor that can bring the ball up now or four or five now in this league this back back then there's only two dudes that can bring the ball up now there's four sometimes I think a lot of this stuff
0: is like actually like in, in them trying to build up like the mythology of this area era is like for anyone that really knows the game, it, I think is blowing holes in it.
1: Well, I mean, but you gotta keep mind like a lot of people don't really know or care about that. Like, when they when they put up that 72... Uh, did you notice when they did the 72 and talked about how they got the 72 and they wore the hats and they said they don't mean a thing without the ring? I'm the only one that sat there and felt like that was shade towards the 16 Warriors, because I felt like that was shade. Probably, uh, yeah. Yeah, but... Yeah, like, even going through that at the time, I was like, yo, is this the greatest team ever? And then, like, you look back and it's like, well, look at the, you know, let's say after 90... Let's say, like after '92, right? You start looking at some of these teams, like and this perfect examples, like the Jazz. Is like, were the Jazz really a better team, like in the late eight, in the late '90s, than they were in the late or in the early '80s or early '90s? It's like I don't think so. Like at that point, you have you know Stoudemire Malone in their mid '30s, like their third best player is what Jeff Hornacek. Hornacek. I don't know. Like, I just think that, like, the West got super weak. You know? Um, I, I don't know. It, it's, it's it's really hard to explain, especially when you, like... I
0: watched, I think um, the West was really competitive at the time. But the thing was, there was, like, a star on, like, every team, at least. There was, like, or, uh, yeah, Robinson or on the Spurs or two. Yeah, like, yeah, the Lakers were trying the to get like, back. These
1: teams were, like, you have two dudes that, you know, are, like are worth a damn, and everybody else is, like... This is before we got to specialists, where it's like, all right, we'll put, you know, like uh, Kyle Korver. No, is he some superstar? No, but like he has, he's a he's a deadly weapon because he has his one skill or two skills, and you have to account for that, and it makes it harder to defend the whole floor. You watch these? I, I watched um Barkley's fifty was it fifty six points against the Warriors? Yeah, yeah, I watched that last week. Um, and the thing about that is like, Latrell Charles Spreble is also like mash him in the first half. This was crazy. But, um, like you watch the game and it's like, none of these dudes are like real threats to actually defend. And, like, even with, you know, most of these dudes, like not being, you know, or having, everything's being compacted inside the free throw line or whatever else. And it's like, how many skills do these dudes actually have? Or, or just were not flat out used. And I can't really, I can't really tell the difference. And it's like, the league is so like, Jordan, Barkley, Malone, Elijah Wan, Shaq, Pippin, those dudes will still thrive the same way they always have. It's just like the bar for the average NBA player is so far raised now compared to then as far as the skills that they exhibit now. It's like that I just don't think that you. I don't think. I feel like you can compare the greats, but like as far as like, talking about like which rank were file, better, like nah, man, nah, I don't, yeah, yeah, like I mean, and you hear people talk about it when they talk about like um, people that have been leaves for a long time, like long, like the vets from this era as it's changed to the three point shooting. Like I remember JJ Redick was like the level of conditioning you have to be in to be able to defend the floor for you know to out to 30 feet now is like so far beyond what we were doing when I was a rookie or when I was a young boy, you know, coming out of Duke, and I was like, he's probably right. Um, But yeah, and I mean, I I just think that, you know, the games are so different that the only thing I really judge is like, I I feel like, you know, when people talk about, you know, will so-and-so survive the physicality of the 90s, I'd be like, "All right, I want you to watch this Barkley game and see where like Barkley just gets to whatever spot he wants to on that left block. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> with ease like no one's no one's pushing him out so far like i mean they're pushing him out far from behind they're not denying him or being over the top of him or any of that stuff and it's like obviously the defensive rules are different but it's like even if you play somebody's back you can you 'cause know they'll wait they, they will wait for you to get the ball then beat you up yeah yeah as opposed to you know the smart thing, which is like, don't let me get the ball or deny it as much as you can. But whatever, it's just it's just the, the rules are different. I just think that the great players would have been great in whatever era in the, in the last like twenty five years or so, thirty years whatever you want to say. But like average player, nah, nah. Like I, but um, you know, I, I thought it was super duper fun for me to watch like the the dream team stuff. Though. I mean. It, about like uh, going through the magic and Jordan thing. And they, they talked about that on the dream team doc. And I think a lot of the problems with this recent um, batch could be like the last two episodes that you saw could mm. be the fact that like, for example, a lot of that stuff was covered ground. Like when they did the Nixon, um, the winning time pot or um, ep- the winning time, um, you know, Nixon Pacers robbery of the night that covers Jordan's retirement. Right. Um, the Jordan rides the bus thirty for thirty covers his baseball stuff. Um, uh, the, this magic moment covers the '95 Bulls when they beat Jordan. Like a lot of this stuff is like been covered by ESPN his damn self for like hours. So it's like you're going like you y'all are glossing over things that y'all have whole I documentaries on already. Same. I was I was struggling like I was <laughs> like they, awake and then like oh like just coming in and out. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, I'm, I'm, i We're about to get to, we're about to get to the good stuff. So like, once we get to, the, once we get to this flu game shit, and, and getting going to watch him, you know, destroy Karl Malone. It's about oh, to be real. Yeah, it's about to be real fun. Like, um, I saw my dog Reggie on there last night. Yeah, that's gonna be interesting too because like that's also like that's the first time they ever got pushed out to seven. Yeah. Right. So, um, I wonder if that game's online. I might watch it. It was a dog. It film. is. Okay. I believe it is. Yeah, should I? I want to watch it, but I know it's going to be bad. Yeah, it's going. I, I, it's. I believe it's in the eighties, and it's I know. just junk
0: basketball. like As far as like, like, they the won game. that game into free throw line, right? Like
1: in rebounding by Pippen and Jordan. Yes, that's how they won that, that game. Yeah. yeah. So I'm like, am I, should I do that? Actually, you know like,
0: what? We should like do a, that. It sounds like a less exciting version of like basketball? the Lakers and Celtics in oh, 2010 Game Seven.
1: You know what? You know what we should do. We should watch it. You know who should we invite to watch it? Who? Regular listener of One Nation Radio, Dan Coffin. So yes, <laughs> yes. Yeah, so, yeah, so let's 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 uh let's let's do that. Let's let's do that. Let's do oh that. Let, let's go watch Game you Seven. in is bring conference.
0: this pain back man, that he's buried away.
1: Hey. He wants to be he if he wants to be a guest host, he, he will send the invitation. Um. But yeah, on to actual uh, wrestling news. Um, we are recording the show in the middle of Monday Night Raw. So we're have the. we going to just basically do the breaking news, which is breaking news like 33 minutes into this podcast. But um, Becky Lynch has relinquished the Raw woman's title um, because she is now pregnant. About to drop um, it out. Yeah, uh, I got to say all the time someone of the last you know five six years when someone has become a champion actually let's go back to 2011 um this decade or past decade or whatever else where someone has won the title or someone is champion or and they have to relinquish a title and go away for 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 a reason this has to be the most positive one ever um (laughs) i'm 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 happy uh because she's happy um it seems like they're about to make it into a storyline um, with Seth. I don't know. We'll see by the time we get to the end of uh, Raw tonight. But um, she, you know, she she comes out. She says that she talked about the fans bringing her to the top, and at first, or, or rising causing her to rise to the top, and she uh she has the money in the bank briefcase which is weird oscar then comes out she looks furious as if like you stole my briefcase what the fuck and she says i want you to you know you don't have the combination inside of this um and this um you want money in the bank but it actually was for something more than money in the bank she opens the briefcase with the combination lock she has the belt's in there she tells oscar she's champion oscar says i'm champion really and she grabs the belt. She's she's super happy. She starts dancing with the belt because Oscar, you know, has been out of her mind the last like three months. But um, she then celebrates on top of the announce table and then comes back into the ring in front of Becky. And I'm thinking like, is this some type of elaborate ruse? What's going on? And Then she says like, "You're going to be a great champion. I'm happy. You know, if it's anybody, I'm I'm happy for for her to be, the, to, be, the, to, be the, to take on this belt. It's you. Um, you're going to be a great champion, a great fighter, a great warrior. And I'm going to go off and be a, and go off and be a, a mother." and like Asuka you know even though they have like probably the best feud in, in, on the main roster this year so far like she's like you're gonna be a mother and then like she's like congratulations and they hug and um, Asuka's in the middle of the ring and they're, it seems like they're genuinely happy which is probably you know their relationship outside of on camera and then um, Becky walks up the ramp and they show her crying tears of you know bittersweet tears of you know the what 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 she lost just now, what she just gave up, and plus what she's on the road towards um going through. This is, you know, the, the sweet part. But yeah, um This this definitely is a many times better than Roman saying, like, he's gotta go fight for his life. This is a lot better than Daniel Bryan talking about how grateful he is. This is a hell of a lot better than Edge's retirement. Um Yeah. Uh I I really know if I should make a comparison to them. I'm just other than the fact that it's like those were the shits, and this one was like, it's. I was happy the whole time. I, I mean, I don't know if you saw any of it. Uh, no, nah, I, I didn't. What your, it, your,
0: but okay. I caught the news. I you okay. know, first thing I thought was, "Damn, Shawn Michaels wishes." Oh, yeah, I mean, goodness. Shawn Michaels in the '90s wishes he was able to get out of you know dropping the belt after a year reign of beating everybody via pregnancy. You know Becky Lynch, elite level working, James. Uh, this this is this is working like you know Lesnarian. Like I'm gonna beat your your UFC shoot fighter. I'm gonna beat your Queen. I'm gonna beat your Southern Bell. I'm gonna beat. Uh, yo boss, I'm gonna beat your other shoot fighter on the way out to territory on top, still getting paid. Yes, if, if it sounds like it, what you're thinking, yes, it definitely is. Becky Lynch, finesse of
1: the year candidate. Oh my god. All right, put on the list. Fine by me. But that's fine by me. I don't care. Um, Look, and, and 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 when or if
0: she comes back, she she walks right. She walks right back to the
1: belt. Yeah. Another thing about that is like we talked about. This, another part of why I'm happy is like I don't think there's any reason for her to ever come back. I think she should. I think she. I think. I think she should just you know, it's Rappington. Like it's a dub. Like. like I, I was the i was the biggest woman uh this company- is or uh this i was the biggest push woman as a legitimate uh athlete that this company has ever made um if i come back my fans might not come back just like we have the proof of all these people when they come back uh will their fans come back or they just tune out and be done right <laughs> then uh, I'll get blamed as, you know, as a non-draw or whatever else. Like, how Edge is getting blamed right now or a rainy order. And blamed. she's going, going out during the pandemic. She ain't got to stick around and, right. like, none of this with the rest of the belt. This is why right. I, this is just such a great move for her. Right. And also, you know, just recently we heard reports and talks about, you know, the Rock has been you know, has given her some um guidance or or she is actually signed on with um some of the same management that the Rock has. Like she clearly is a charismatic person. She clearly is a person that can um that can deliver an emote dialogue. Hey, don't be shocked if you start seeing a pattern here.
0: Like Rebecca a, Quinn. A, of injuries of uh, <laughs> oh my during god this, during this pandemic like like Kevin Owens for example like he hasn't been on TV like and there, he's had this ankle injury that was apparently when he jumped off the WrestleMania sign but if you go back through it his ankle doesn't hit like at all so I heard something about you know through back Twitter channels I don't know how reliable it is but talking about WWE wrestlers ha- have their own doctors now like they're not going like they're trying to run basically during this pandemic either to get some of these excuses so they don't have to work during this shit and and they don't get the heat either um, I, I would not be shocked if, if this was like you know when, when all this shit popped off or even before that like I would not be shocked if this was the plan. And this if it was elite level working by Ben
1: Bay- I don't know about it being a plan or whatever else, but like given, you know, after what happened that came out during the Doctor Amon um stuff, uh, you know, during um the CM Punk um counter sue stuff, the trial or whatever you want to call that. Um, I would suggest y'all get y'all on Doctor Two because um I mean it's inherent that they want you back out there to work. And uh you know, uh they don't the doc, look, team doctors slash staff doctors don't get paid because they keep you off the field you catch by drift. So I mean like I mean you can look around, there's a there's a Restless. million of there's a million now- of those in go ahead. I was gonna say wrestlers. Now is the time.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, just chill at home. She ain't got to worry about going nowhere either. She can just just hang out. Yeah. Um.
1: Is, I, I mean, yeah. I mean, I, 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 um, I don't know what the future lies for her, but like, either way, like if she go, if this is the end, she went out on top for well, sure. Done it all. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, what else was she supposed to do? Was she supposed to wait for Anna to come back?
0: Well, apparently she must have, like, got some wind that it wasn't happening or whatever.
1: I mean, I don't even know about some wind or whatever else. I don't know if they were trying or not, if it was an accident or whatever else. Things happen right. as life, but, like... Look,
0: some, some say she has beat Rhonda in two games oh now. Oh,
1: God. <laughs> she beat her to getting pregnant first. That's what you're saying? <laughs> oh, my God. That's not what I'm saying. That's what some are saying. That's what some are saying? Okay. Oh, yes. I see you related it real quick, though, right? You know, I, you know gotta, gotta, gotta be <laughs> swift, you know? Yeah. Um,. I don't know what to transition to after that. I mean, after we just talked about uh, like about the happiness and the joy of you know Becky is you know <laughs> possibly moving on to something else. Now we have to follow up with like this 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 terrible news of or I mean, actually, I he's doing a passing because I don't really know much of the details, but like yeah. Del Rio um, is in a is in this terrible uh, situation. Um, he is alleged to have sexually assaulted his girlfriend, right? His girlfriend, yeah, yeah, like and it, and it involves you know really gruesome details, um, bizarre some, shit. Yeah, some of which I I don't know all of them, so I'm not gonna go through all of them. But like the ones I remember, <clears throat> she was restrained, she was assaulted multiple times sexually, um, all bad. Um, this is you know when it, it was interesting because like when I would hear the stuff about Del Rio and Paige or whatever else, a lot of the stuff sounded like up until a certain point, a lot of stuff sounded just like, y'all are treating this, y'all are paying way too much attention to this relationship. Like, y'all concerned, were, for one. Like, Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then it got to a point to where they had the airport incident and it was like, okay, y'all might be on to something now. Um, and then they broke up soon after that. And, you know, now we're at this point, now with the real, we like, every story you've heard about him uh, pretty much since his second return has been bad, all bad. Like, the only, like, the. See, so yeah, so, um. Man looked terrible in that mugshot, by the way. Like, I looked, like he,
0: looked like he was, uh, you know, uh, like, wait, that man was starting to see spaceships on bakehead. Oh, like, uh, <laughs>
1: yeesh. Um, yeah, I just, uh, you know, um, for his, uh, significant other that, that, um, that went through that. I, I, I hope that you find some sort of, you know, Justice. road to recovery peace, whatever, after something that traumatic and heinous happens to you. Um, who knows? I, I, it's just bad, but I, I mean, yeah. I don't really have much to say aside from like, you know, this is, this, this is bad, terrible story. Yeah. Um,
0: just, just an awful story, a terrible fall from Grace and, um, I, you know, if he's they found out that he, um, you know, is responsible for this and throw him under the jail, like, <laughs>
1: yeah, I'm, um, yeah, um, you know, after the it was a certain point with me, we just like, with once the once the page airport thing came or came, or that's the first time I ever heard anything of something like even similar to this happening as far as. Him being physical with or whatever else, like then it was like, all right, my, my tune has changed before it sound like, as you said, con- con- concern trolling. Then it's like, now I have something to really actually, you know. Um, so ever since then, I've been like, you know, distanced myself from like liking Del Rio as the, an actor, or whatever, as a wrestling act. Like, this is some real life shit, and now this is like going far beyond the pale. Um, but yeah, um. If there's anything else you have to say, I we just move on to Money in the Bank from last night.
0: Uh yeah, let's 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 get to uh Money in the Bank.
1: Yeah, um a show that had moments. Uh actually a show that had lots of moments. Um a lot of good stuff, a lot of bad stuff. I probably go thumbs in the middle on the show. Uh one of the biggest uh one of the biggest things I go with is like it was only like a two and a half hour show, which is like, do you know how great a two and a half hour show for for WWE pay per view main roster pay per view sounds? That sounds like heaven. Um, just it sounds sounds lovely. Like if this show had went another hour and a half, this show would have got a thumbs down for me. Probably, um, I don't think they would have had more good wrestling to make up for it. But um,
0: which match did you say you did you missed out on? I didn't see the two title matches. I I saw everything else, like the two big title matches.
1: Okay, so um, the first title match was Braun Strowman versus um, versus uh, Bray White, and it was Bray White in the uh, in the the Mister Rogers uh, sweater vest or sweater, and they pretty much just ran into each other a bunch of times and. And had a had a uh, uh, they were slapping meat. That's basically how I explain it. They were slapping meat, um, and they were having themselves a pretty a pretty good little match. And then the puppets came out around the ringside <laughs> barricades, and then it turned into Braun or Strong. They kept doing these spots where like they would get each other outside the ring, and then they would like do you know Braun Strowman runs, you know. And Braun Strowman runs and takes and throws him into the, or, you know, trucks him into the barricade. Braun Strowman gets out and he, you know, misses and gets uh, thrown into over the top tumbling ass over a uh, tea kettle over the, uh, announce table or, you know, Strowman gets back, is about to get back into the ring. And then Braun like wipes him out and he ends up like, you know, uh, falling off the apron onto the floor. So after Braun falls off the apron to the floor, they cut to a weird angle, and it's, it's they they did it. It was basically like Godzilla rising up out of the water. It, but it was Braun Strowman with the uh, sh- black sheep mask on. And I haven't watched any of the build. I remember, I think a week ago, I asked you, like, do you know what this build is? And the build is pretty straightforward for those two. It's like, you used to be a disciple. Um, I want you back. That's pretty much what it was. Put the sheet, put the black sheet mask back on, Bron. No, I'm not doing that shit. That shit's dumb, Bray. That's the whole. That's pretty much the whole feud. <laughs> like, I'm not saying it's like it's simplistic. I mean, like it's simplistic in that like I saw it and I was like, oh, okay, that's better than I thought they, some whatever nonsense they would have came up with if they, you know, left their own devices. So, Bron comes up with the with the with the uh, black sheet mask on. Bray thinks that he is back on his team. All of the puppets—Sister Abigail, Huskis, the Buzzard, uh, the Rabbit—they all come up and they're like, "Wow, you did it, Bray!" And at different points in the match, they all pointed out that like Bray is having this inner monologue with himself, which obviously is him as himself trying to convince the the fiend that the fiend is not needed to win over uh, Braun. So. The puppet starts saying, "Yay, you did it! You did it, Bray! You're a genius! We didn't need the demon, right?" And then all of a sudden, Braun puts his hand around his neck. I think he choke slams him, and then he power slams him, and he walks off. And then all of a sudden, they teased uh, with a with an audio flash that like this isn't over, and now you're about to get the fiend. Um, Christ. So. They were having like three star wrestling, and then they went out there and they want to do their their wacky storytelling, and it brought the match down. Have, Way down. Have looks, you, have you looks, seen? Have you seen? Have you ever heard that before? The Bray Wyatt match. <laughs> about about the storytelling and the shit has brought the match down. It seems like we're on a familiar track here. Yeah, uh,
0: looks like they got a 1.67 average on grapple right now, so I don't I think, think I missed much.
1: I think that's appropriate. I would say to you, if you want to watch it, I would say just watch it for the wrestling, and then once he's, once Bray pulls up the uh once once he goes up with the um the sheet mask, I say turn that shit off because. I thought they, I thought they had a good wrestling match, um, but or the actual action was good, and then like all the rest of it, the storytelling and the nonsense like brought it down really, very badly. Um, and then the other title match was Brock, Le- uh, Brock Lesnar, um, Drew McIntyre versus Seth Rollins. I th- this is is interesting because like I've seen them have multiple matches before, and I've always thought they had good chemistry, but those have always been like those nine o'clock matches on Raw, whatever else. And, you know, now there's no crowd. There's no, you know, you know, we got to a point with Seth where it was like nothing mattered until you got the Falcon Arrow. <laughs> um, and this match, it was, it was pleasantly good. Like, I don't mean, by pleasantly good, I mean, like, look at them getting over, three, look at them going above three and a half stars. Check that out. So. <laughs> Um, I, I give it three and three quarters, but like, it's classic WWE uh, pay per view main event title match. It, it was it was just everything you want, like straightforward match. They're re- they're technically wrestling. Uh, Drew may not be the better wrestler, but he's bigger and stronger, so he's able to overpower some of the chain wrestling stuff. Um, he's overwhelming um, Seth with the size. Seth goes and starts drop kicking the knee. He starts working over the knee. Uh, Drew has to fight through it and they go back and forth. There's some in- cool spots. Like they do a spot where um, Drew goes for a, uh, he goes for a superplex into the, um, so he's on top of both ropes um, trying to go superplex. Seth, he ends up uh, attacking the bad knee. He ends up in a tree of woe on the bad knee. Seth literally stomps on the knee from, on, from the top turnbuckle and, and then he goes to try to do something else. And then Drew basically just springs up and basically, like, Daniel Bryan, monk, you know, Monkey suplexing him off while he's in Trio Woe. Um, there's a spot where, uh, you know, they they basically trade, like, Flash finishes to each other. Like, there's a super kick. There's a... Or, sorry, there's a, there's a headbutt. There's a super kick. There's a Claymore kick. That was the finish. Like, I, I really enjoyed this match. This is, one, this is one of the best matches, like... singles match Seth has had in like a year a year and a (laughs) half two years (laughs) like this is like this would have been this would have fit right up there with like the 2000 early 2018 Seth stuff when he was actually on fire so it it was really good and I thought like given the matches that Drew has had on TV with Andrade or basically like the Zelina Vega army or whatever else like in the ring he's getting it done as a champion right now um (laughs) I I I don't know how to, I don't know how you come to any conclusion other than he's been a very good champion so far. Um, obviously there's no crowd or whatever else but he comes out he has good matches, he kicks people's asses, you can see when he comes out and talks that he has a, a sense of humor and a, and a lightness and is not like the same, as, and, it, and it, he's found a way to kind of differentiate himself from the typical I'm the champion now, it's so how to be like the MC of the show, nice guy, that they've been trying to make everybody since Cena became, you know, the top guy. Yeah. Um, he's found a way to kind of like be like, point out that like what he does kind of whack and kind of like cuts it off before it goes too far. Um so I but I I've enjoyed his title run so far.
0: Yeah, I might have to check that out. Um he he looks good with the belt yes, and he, he he feels like it <laughs> feels like, like it a belongs. champion. <laughs> yeah, it feels like it belongs. Like I'll give him that. So yeah. he he, he,
1: he <laughs> that's one of the things that why we always said about him is like he's always been a little part all-star especially since he came back uh through the NXT run. Um it was just like and I remember I, remember, I think at the time when he had the match with um, with Bobby Roode, I was like, he has the matches that Vince McMahon will want to put on his main event or whatever else. He's having better matches than those now with Seth, but like when he was in NXT, he was having those matches with Andrade and in and, and Mag or not McIntyre, but Roode. You knew that, like, yeah, he's definitely on the standard. It's only a matter of time, and he's reached the destiny. He reached that peak already. Um. So, I mean, other things on the the card I think you will watch. I think the opener, the four-way tag match, was very good. Um, Yeah, I
0: saw that. It it really felt like they actually adjusted to the empty arena to where it's, like, not, like, bothering the match. And it just feels like everyone's adjusted to the environment. Um, You know, I'm told that it just feels like people are doing matches, like, in in practice or something. So that's what it feels (laughs) like for the wrestlers. So, uh, I mean, like, as far
1: as, like, there's no adrenaline
0: right like it, sorry correct yeah. and, and um you know new day ended up uh you know keeping the belts i believe um it was jarring to see kofi getting beat down by cutler at certain points it's funny out of all the people that cut their hair in the group cutler wasn't the one that needed to do it um <laughs>
1: don't, don't don't start that don't start look in the, in the words of patrick Ewan and michael jordan don't start that shit okay so <laughs> look and, and you know what, i i, I can kind of appreciate
0: like um like they're hitting us in the head with the Forgotten Sons and what they are like the mm-hmm. the American flag jeans, but it's not too far it where it's just like it's not the Undertaker sitting there in a the Blue Lives Matter shirt saying, Hey, watch my damn documentary like
1: <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Um Yeah, you're right. There obviously is a lot of Amer- Americana, if you will, in the um in the Forgotten Sons gimmick, and it's always been there. Um, I, I think it's quite interesting that, like you were, uh, you know, you had with Swerve, and it's like, how come Swerve wasn't like ad- adopted as a Forgotten Son as well? Is, is it because <laughs> never mind? Um, but yeah, uh, I I really enjoyed the match. Um, I thought that um, it was it's interesting because you know they did the Michael Cole-ism where Michael Cole stops calling the match to get over the character, which is like. Cool, but like, got cut, kind of find a balance. Got to find Chip a balance. Is
0: like, let me pause all everything I'll say on the action, and then ruffle my other paper to where I have one the- <laughs> <laughs> to give,
1: they give you the listicles. Yeah, basically bios. Um, but yeah, one thing I noticed on the from this show or this match onto Money in the Bank when they introduced all the players and Money in the Bank, um, these build heights and weights are out of fucking control. They build <laughs> Cutler in blake as two one was 230 and another one was 240 um no they are not that goddamn big not even close like they
0: probably like a smooth 215 225 maybe 230 at the most i on the as far as the bigger one
1: you mean like Riker?
0: No, Riker's is probably a smooth two fifty.
1: Riker's in the two fifty range. Them other two yeah. are not even close. Like both yeah. of them twos are under two twenty five. Mm. Um, yeah, but uh, it, it was interesting. And then like you get to like money in the bank, and you see that they listed Baron Corbin as six foot eight, and I'm like, oh.
0: bro, when they said he was six eight two eighty, I was like, he doesn't look like LeBron. <laughs> I've you seen fucking... I, I I've seen six, eight, two, two, two 80, you know. It don't look like
1: Baron Corbin. Can you fucking imagine? <laughs> we we used to have the we used to have the LeBron you Bum of the week, right? And the only time that you could ever like find on the internet where you can have a comparison of LeBron James and Baron Corbin was us, we were giving him yes. award for being a bum. Outside of that Hell no. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I just you know they said that they said that Ray was five six. They said that Daniel Bryan was five ten, and I'm sitting. I'm like, Daniel oh, Bryan probably done. a smooth five eight. Ray probably a smooth five, five three, four, five three or some shit like that. Yeah, it's just whatever, man. Uh, I I just got a good laugh. I forgot to see what they said AJ was. They probably at that point they probably said AJ <laughs> was, was a good five eleven or something. Five eleven. They probably five eleven. Line their asses off. Um,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah
1: I, five nine. yeah, something like that. Yeah, so um trying to think what else is in the card. Now oh, Bailey and Tamina, yeah, people hated this match apparently, and I watched it and I thought to myself, Bailey is putting in a very good performance here. It's a straight for it's a straightforward storyline where she's play, she's being a chicken shit heel. She's playing with the, with the monster. The monster gets pissed. She realizes what she's done. She is realized that she has made a terrible mistake, much like George Bluth from uh, Arrested Development. And she's bumping around this woman like a crazy person. And then she work does some very, very, very good ass leg work on Tamina to neutralize her. They set up. They set it all up for a spot to where like Tamina is going to put her away with the super kick because you know that's one of her that's her signature move or whatever else. Bailey picks the super kick and slap and great great in in all-in-one motion, catches the super kick, falls, grapevines the leg, and goes for the ankle lock on some, on some Kurt Angle shit, which I thought looked great. It was a struggle to the ropes. Um, Tamina has her beat. Um, who comes out? Sasha gets into the ring, uh, to try to delay, um, distract, uh, Tamina from pinning her. It worked because it bought her extra time. Tamina then follows, Sasha around the ring gets back in. Bailey goes to attack. Tamina gets her up on her shoulders and is going for the Samoan drop. Bailey turns it into a crucifix pin and pins her.
0: Yeah, I thought she was a dummy at the finish.
1: Yeah, oh yeah, it was definitely all the bad babyface. But like, it's Tamina. Who gives a shit? Like she's like like she's not going to become the number three babyface in the women's division. She is just a prelim person that they give a spot here. Like whatever.
0: Yeah, I I can't really get too bent out of shape. It was just a just there, like it just. I thought it was just, like an like
1: average match. ass match, mediocre match. I didn't think it was like people like, thought I, it was like a you know zero star match. I'm like yikes.
0: Nah, like I, I wouldn't go that far. Like I like this was not Bray Wyatt versus Seth Rollins in a hell in a cell. Right. This was this was not like an embarrassment to the profession like that. Christ. But. You know, it's bad and you know, Tamina comes with like her own preset notions of oh, we can, yeah, know, yeah. When people going into the match like, Oh, it's just gonna be so horrible because Tamina's in it. Yeah, it might be bad, but it's like, all right, she gets like <laughs> I hate this I hate to say this, but like oh, she she never really gets an opportunity to to you know, show what she can do and they're doing it on like what's essentially a throwaway pay per view in front of no pants. So well. I think we can live with it. If, I if, think
1: if they were doing this in fans, I don't think we got over because to me, it's not over.
0: Yeah, it would have been worse in front of fans.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, I think that's all the matches. Uh,
0: Bobby Lashley came out oh, and got rid right. of our truth. uh, right. MVP popped me when he cut a promo on our truth. Um, even though I don't really believe in talking in front of a company like that, but um. <laughs> 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 and um, yeah, just money and bank ladder match is the last thing.
1: Yeah, um, I don't know where to start. Uh, well, like I want you to be like, well, the beginning. Thanks, Rich. That's really yeah, cool. Um, yeah. okay, so the place. women. They all do entrances for the women. They walk out side by side, and basically, like the the main entrance on the first floor, seemingly. And then the men get enter get their entrances, and they're in the waiting room because yeah, I don't know. Um, they start fighting all along the weight room. Oscar uh, Comp gets her entrance last. Her music hits, but no one knows why that where the hell um, she is. And then one of these geniuses decides, "Hey, I wonder if we should look up." They pan up. And Oscar is hanging off of the fucking second floor balcony and is dancing because she's out of her goddamn mind, and I love it. She then she then does a floor dive to off of the second floor on top of uh, five women uh, that are underneath uh, marble tile. Right, like if this goes wrong, it's gonna go real wrong. Luckily, they all caught her. Um, then the men start fighting. There's a spot where Corbin grabs a weight plate and throws it into the mirror. Um, Corbin then is shook as if he's like, "Oh my God, I'm going to have seven years of bad luck." Like, thank God this was Corbin, and not a babyface. I'd have thought they were the, the biggest dipshits in the world. Like, he really <laughs> thought he ruined his life when he broke this, when he broke this glass or this mirror. So there's more fighting. You get to a spot to where uh, they're basically by a a, um, a a squat rack, or really a cleaning, a cleaning um, uh, section, or whatever else for do cleans, and they drop, they put AJ on the ground. Then Otis picks up the uh, bar that looks like it is like over 400 pounds on it, and he drops it right on AJ's not drops it, but put it on top of AJ's chest, which would, it would give the illusion that he trapped him there to basically die or be left until the you know somebody finds him. Anyway, everybody's leaving out of that section. All the men are leaving except for, last person to leave is Ray. AJ begs to Ray, please get me out of here. Please save me. I think, I think Ray said, da loca, which I think, you crazy. I think it sounds like you crazy and left him there to die and I fucking at that point because you have Asuka doing dives in the middle of fucking cinematic wrestling off the floor willing to risk her at all. Uh, and you have them, you know, the Corbin spot, and you have, you know, one of the greatest baby faces of all time, like leaving someone to fucking die. I, I fucking howled at that point in time. This, I'm loving this match at this point in time. Um, Asuka, after the dive, she ends up getting to the elevator and going up. She's in the elevator at that point for like forever. Um, I, can, I can only
0: assume that she didn't understand the numbers
1: maybe maybe not but what I, but no actually i'm gonna say no because she damn sure understood how to press that door close like like you know the button to make the door close faster she damn sure understood mm. that part so um i look she's been around long enough she knows the number system trust me um like she she'd be driving she knows the number system um so anyway um The rest of the women uh, all basically go up to some spot, some second, I guess the second stage or whatever else, because I don't know what floor is what, so I'm going to say the second stage. Get to the second stage, they all start fighting, and they end up stumbling into this money in the bank room, right? So it is at that point in time, it is Dana, and it is Carmella, and Shayna, and Naya, um, Shayna and Nia dispose of two geeks. Then Shayna and Nia have a stare down. Nia wins the, st- wins the fight. Gets her gets Shayna uh, put down. Then Dana gets back up and grabs a chair and wraps it around Nia's back.
0: The This was the, the dumbest shit I've ever seen. You've seen dumbers, WWE.
1: So then... <laughs>
0: It kind of goes in my overall feelings on the match, which I'll get to in a minute.
1: Well, this this is the thing for me. This is what I thought they were going to do. They did... They they show a money... In the, like I said, they're in a money in the bank conference room for some fucking reason. They show that there is a money-in-the-bank briefcase fit, that's clear and it's filled with a bunch of money. So Dana sees it, goes on top of the table, grabs it, pulls it down. And I'm thinking because she's a heel right now, last I checked, or she's, you know, whatever, I thought she was going to see that suitcase full of money and be like, SmackDown Women's Title, fuck that, I have a, I have 500 G's right here, I'm good. <laughs> that didn't happen. All of a sudden, they cut to an angle that is clearly Stephanie not in the building, pretending to be in the building and saying, Dana, the briefcase is on top of the roof, we've been telling y'all that for weeks, dummy, that's what I'm saying. Like, That's how insane. the fuck, like, <laughs> I'm like, did she not know the rules of the match before? I, God I damn know. it. I don't know. But anyway, Dana says, oh, well, thanks, Stephanie. And then she basically leaves the money behind for some fucking reason and goes leave out of the room. And then as she walks out the room, she gets decked with a right from Lacey Evans, that you know, her finisher, the WMD. And then Lacey Evans goes and runs off. Um, from the men's perspective while that's happening, their stage two is they are by some elevators they are trying to go up the elevators. Um, and they end up in this section is by like the like the waiting area for to, to get the elevators and like they have like half of a ring almost around backs the other side of the wall. So Daniel Bryan traps Corbin's arms into the ropes the top and bottom rope and he starts throwing yes kicks otis starts doing the yes chant as he throws the yes kicks daniel bryan sees that fucking geek and it starts giving him some uh then alicer's there so Alistair's fighting alicer Alistair realizes, like i hey, mean this fucking stupid i'm about to dip out of here while y'all fighting you know go to the go to stage three um so he leaves after daniel bryan starts finishes whooping otis he's like oh shit where Alistair go let me move on to stage three Meanwhile, while everybody before that all happened because I've missed this part, while everybody's getting to that elevator stage, Ray was behind with AJ, leaving him to die on the 400 pounds of weight on his chest. He's trying to catch up. He goes by a bathroom. He hears a bathroom, uh, a bathroom toilet flush. Right. So he basically stops in his tracks and like backs up. Is like, who's in the bathroom? Who's out here taking a shit? I guess I don't know. <laughs> all of a sudden. Bruce Pritchard dressed as Brother Love comes out. They show up. They pan to Ray. Or they cut to Ray. Ray has the biggest smirk, smile on his face like, Oh, you taking a shit, huh? I don't know what... Look. <laughs> Vince and his uh love of toilet humor is just a signature. But, like... Ray finally caught up. Anyway. Cut back to... Uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. By that point in time, when all that's happening in the elevator, the women catch up, right? And they're trying to get to the elevator. Asuka's still in that elevator, so you mean, so all that rustling is happening, and the elevator's been moving at, like, a glacial pace, or whatever else. Asuka gets out of the elevator and goes to stage three. Um, then we go back to, I guess, stage two, where AJ has somehow, with no explanation, off-panel, again, escaped death. In the, in the, like like Just like he did in the, the Buried Alive match. It was like, yeah, I was trapped under only four hundred pounds. So what? Just like how you said, yeah, I was buried. So what? Just everything can be explained with AJ Styles. Is, so what? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. So he's looking for Ray to murder him because Ray left him to be dead, be left for dead. He starts looking around, trying to sneak, try to find him as if Ray is hiding, supposed to you know, trying to rapidly run up the building to go get this you know uh, briefcase. He runs and sees like you know they have memorabilia on the walls. Certain places there's a there's memorabilia memorabilia of Ray's return at um I believe it's either WrestleMania thirty I think it's WrestleMania thirty five or the Royal Rumble two thousand eighteen when he came back.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: One of the he so Ray AJ's mad. he punches the picture. So he walks around another corner and he spooked, and it's a picture of Undertaker at a WrestleMania. Then the next thing you know, he sees a room. And he's drawn to the room, and all of a sudden the room he opens the door, and apparently the room ha- not apparently, but the room has purple lights and a casket inside of it, and is lit up, and I think, the I think the Undertaker music plays. I can't remember, but basically AJ is shook that the fucking Undertaker has an office, has a office, a corporate office at HQ. For some god, for no god knows what reason. Anyway, as I said, Alistair Black was moving out of stage two to get to stage three. All of a sudden, while AJ is still at stage one trying to get to stage two, Alistair shows back up in his middle part at stage one point one and a half when he's really already at three and Lock beats up AJ, throws him um, into the into undertaker's office and locks the door leaving him to be left for dead presumably again so now we're at stage three stage three is the cafeteria or some food eating area where paul Heyman is there for some god for for who who the fuck knows he's eating in front of a food enough food for like i don't know 20 25 people all of a sudden the women come from stage left, the men come from stage right. They mean the middle like they're about to scrap, even though there are two briefcases. It's not like it's, you know, men and women fighting for one briefcase, it's women fighting for one briefcase, and men fighting for another one. Whatever. All of a sudden, um, Dana Brooke, who, st- or not Dana Brooke, uh, I, mess- I messed it up when I said that, uh, whatever, I'm not- it doesn't matter. Somebody that got their ass, uh, that had uh, they got their ass with a got hit with a um, picture and had it wrapped around their body, stumbles into Paul Heyman. Paul Heyman had a sandwich in his hand, and the sandwich ends up like falling into Otis's chest. Otis catches the food, that causes him to f- rage out, Hulk up, and yell "Food fight!" Um, he. Food starts going everywhere. Him is hit with the food because, of course, fuck his suit. Vince, ha ha ha. Gotta get the fat guy embarrassed. So, um... It leads to... Ray being choked out by Shayna... For for no fucking reason. Um... It also leads to... While he's being choked out, Otis from the right and Nia from the left squash him in the middle like a sandwich. Uh... And then, after that happens, they have a stare-down. <laughs> they have a stare-down because they're both big, I guess. That's the only explanation for the stare-down. Yes. They have a stare-down because they're both big. Um, then from there, like I said, one came from one side, one came from the other side, and then they all dispersed by going in opposite directions, even though they're all headed towards the same they're both all headed up, but they're going left and right trying to get there. Which means, like, yes, I'm sure there are different uh, ways to get up there. However, like, that means that y'all just pass these areas to get there. Like, I don't know, whatever. It's confusing. So, Nessa, you know, they get to stage four. Stage four is like... Vince's office and Triple H's office in like the boardroom or whatever you want to call it because you can see certain things you've seen in pictures before whatever you can dots so Daniel Bryan AJ Styles at this point remember last time we saw him he was left for dead in like stage one and a half we're at stage four now all of a sudden, he catches up out of nowhere, ends up at stage four, fighting Daniel Bryan. They fighting around the boardroom. They fighting into Vince's office. Cause if you've seen Vince's office before, he has the, uh, the T-Rex head or whatever else. Then all of a sudden, you look, you're looking like, wait a second, is that Vince? All of a sudden, Vince says, Hey, hey, what the hell? He's like, get out. They're like, yes, sir. Sorry, sir. Sorry, sir. And then they both basically, after, like, they moved some furniture. Yes, they moved furniture. They they had two table or two chairs. They moved around while they were tussling. And they put the chairs back in place and they walked out. They get back behind. And then Vince turns around. Before he turns around, he 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 squirts some hand sanitizer in his hand wipes his hands. And then turns around, sits down, and starts scribbling into a legal pad. Which is like, bro, you just... On this one table, you just squirted the uh, hand sanitizer into your hand. You had a cell phone right there. And you were going to then turn around, go to your desk, and write into your legal pad. You have a fucking computer in your pocket, Vince. (laughs) (laughs) You're writing notes in the legal pad. This is dumb. Whatever. So, they get behind the door, because AJ and Brian politely closed the door, and they said... You were at, you were such a kiss ass. You were so scared of Vince. And he's like, what about you? You're the one that told us to go uh, put the chairs back. He says that AJ, uh, AJ goes, yeah, you're right, I did do that. Punches, <laughs> he says at the pause and says, yeah, I did that. Punches Daniel Bryan right in the face. They start fighting more. Corbin catches up. Corbin lays out both of them, I think, and then says, I'm moving, I'm going to the roof. Motherfucker, I thought that's what we've been doing for the past 20 minutes. Anyway,
0: the ceiling is the roof.
1: Yeah, kind of. So then. Um, from there, it's time for the women to get at stage four to get to the roof. They basically fight a little bit. Oscar, uh, is then like she has that huge head start on everybody. Apparently, she runs into a janitor and says, and she's trying in Japanese, trying to say like, "How do I get to the roof, motherfucker?" These motherfuckers like, uh, 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 while she's pointing up and stuff, she she, oh, 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 I don't know. uh, realize that the rest of the pack is on her heels, she still starts running. She goes up the stairs, there's more tussling, they end up on the stairs. Basically, the women get up there first, um, to the roof and it's basically Asuka, the only women that make it up to the roof are Asuka, Lacey, and, um, Naya. Asuka keeps climbing, Asuka keeps getting knocked down. Asuka keeps climbing, Asuka keeps getting knocked down. They get to a point where they take out Naya, Naya's down forever because, uh, Asuka dropped the ladder on her and put it it back up. They go back up the ladder and Lacey's behind Asuka. Asuka then throws Lacey off the ladder on top of Naya. Then all of a sudden, both the... Just keep in mind, the men's and the women's briefcases are right next to each other. Right next to each other, Rich. Asuka is now... On the second to last wrong or whatever else, about to grab her women's briefcase, uh, then comes Corbin. Corbin climbs up the other side of the ladder and tries to interfere with Oscar grabbing her briefcase when his briefcase is right fucking there. Oscar's Oscar then, after being fucked with, slaps him in the face and then boots him off the f- off of the ladder and then grabs her briefcase. She wins the 2020 Women's Money in the Bank. Then all of a sudden, Otis, AJ, Daniel Bryan, I think all six pe- I think all six men make it to the top. I think yeah. all six men make it to the top. So <sighs> <clears throat> while this is all happening, Corbin recovers. He throws Rey Mysterio Jr. off of the building
0: to his doom,
1: to his death.
0: Or Rey Rey landed and gave somebody a huracana at the bottom.
1: Yeah, yeah, why not? Speak speaking of Hurricanas, in the tag match, uh Lise Dorado hit a dragon rana. That shit was awesome. Um but anyway, then later he throws Alistair Black to his doom as well. Right? Now, he doesn't
0: have any high flying moves that I know of like that, so he I probably just
1: yeah, K, K Bradas. you know, whatever. Whatever. Um <laughs> Uh the thing about it is like all these punches are like have sound effects punches. Like these aren't like they, they added effects to this. So like after he throws them over the top, you hear splats like, like they're fucking street pizza on the floor or like on the ground. Anyway, um, I forget how Daniel Bryan gets taken out. I don't even remember, but it basically comes down to AJ Styles, Corbin and Otis. um, AJ lays out Otis. I'm oh, sorry. Otis lays out Corbin. Then AJ lays out Otis with a phenomenal forearm. So he's he's down. So AJ goes up and climbs. Corbin has recovered. They're both on in, different ends of the ladder. They both unhook the, the briefcase. They both fight for it. Elias shows up and he gets his vengeance for the time that uh, going into WrestleMania where Corbin murdered him. And he bashes him with a briefcase. Or uh, with I'm sorry with the guitar, which makes Corbin drop to the ground and let's go to briefcase. As he does, AJ Butterfingers it and fumbles it, and it it falls into Otis's hands, and he is the 2020 Men's Money in the Bank winner. And then he yells, "Yo, Mandy, I did it!" Which reminds me, supposed to be like, "Yo, Adrian." Um, I thought that until they start getting into the who's on what floor issues, which fucked it up. Like the first like eight minutes of the match, I love because it was just wacky and goofy and like what it should be and not taken seriously at all. Um, and then they start doing stuff where like people are on the wrong floors and people, people are all of a sudden ahead and they're behind and, they're, and the packs caught up when they no reason why they caught up or whatever else. And it just turned into a convoluted mess. Um, what I watched this match again, Probably because it was that ridiculous. It, it's, a, it's a match that I think you, should, some, everybody should watch to show you how ridiculous wrestling can be. Um, was it a good wrestling match? Fuck, no, it wasn't a wrestling match. But it was something that I thought was legitimately entertaining. Um, and yes, at times it was frustrating because of the continuity issues, but I thought that it was... At points, very on the nose, funny, purposely funny, and also like a lot of times unintentionally funny, too. And for me, it I give it one thumb up and I I'll leave it at that.
0: I didn't it laugh, ain't wrestling though. I, I didn't laugh once watching mm. this. Um, I was watching it just like wow, I felt like they were trying too hard to be funny, it was like they were setting up every situation. To like sight gags, you mean like the doink yeah, shit? It did, yeah? They yeah. could think of, but it just didn't land for me. Like I just was like, I hated the doink thing; it made no sense to me. I was like, doink, uh, doink. Like, I don't get it. And then like, let alone it being Otis that wins, right? And the way Otis won, <laughs> like he didn't you, win, like. like Two two like, dudes lost. <laughs> he didn't they, win. They, Like they're gonna go ahead and let him eventually be the champion. Like no, you don't, you don't make Eugene the champion. You don't make the Disco Inferno the champion. You don't make Rikishi the champion. You don't make the Hurricane the champion. You don't make Brutus Clay the champion. You don't make Hugh Morris the champion. Like
1: one thing, one thing I know. think is dumb. <laughs> one thing I think is a bad idea with them with Otis is the fact that like. You only want to give him a title shot if it's going to be in front of a crowd to want to root and cheer for the for the for the lovable, you know, wacky, you know, baby face that's not really you're not supposed to take serious. Like, give him a title shot in front of people and they see what you have after that, not like do it in front of no fans whatsoever. So for me, like it's a bad pick from that from that perspective. But then again, who knows if he even like gets to cash it in? He might you know, lose it or Manny might screw him over because, you know, they love to have women screw you over in, in uh, on WWE television. So, um, who knows? But that wouldn't have been my choice. I, I agree with you. That wouldn't have been my choice. Even though I love Otis, that wouldn't have been my choice.
0: He wouldn't have been in my top fifty choices. Top hundred choices. <laughs> but um yeah, I, I did not find like the the all the humor and um, in the match and everything, it was just like I was watching it, and I just didn't get it. It didn't hit for me at all. I, I stayed quiet pretty much during the whole review because it was like, I I, 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 it wasn't to be taken as a match, but I was
1: like,
0: just like I don't know, man. It just wasn't. You ain't
1: like it. Ain't like it.
0: Yeah, I ain't like it. Like. <laughs>
1: Yeah, um, yeah. i trying to think. So let's move on to AEW Dynamite uh, last week. Uh, now, if you want a wacky-ass, goofy-ass match that was like, not necessarily a wrestling match, but like had um, but but was like, but worked on most levels, this is your main event from Dynamite with uh, the sex gods <laughs> um, Jericho in <laughs> Sammy Guevara versus um, uh, Matt Hardy in Kenny Omega. Um Kenny Omega uh had one of the spots of the year. He he comes off a scissors lift and like could have cracked his fucking watermelon if he wanted to. <laughs> like he goes for he goes for like what was, was it like a twelve, fifteen foot um moonsault off Yo, of of a scissors lift like onto the up. uh to um three people or whatever else uh i i thought that like you really tempted fate i wouldn't have done that not for no damn tv match (laughs) um yeah he's out of his mind
0: bro like when he started like going up on that shit it just felt like it kept going and you know how i knew like he was like trying to like he went up there and immediately did it he wasn't trying to think about it he wasn't trying to do nothing like that it was just like and I, I felt like he was sending a message to cody <laughs> oh you want to do a moonsault huh
1: yeah i think i don't know at the at the first part i thought that like oh god he's gonna do a moonsault onto this crash pad thing and then like or actually i thought that someone was gonna you know hit a hit a move off of that and then like uh, somebody got moved and got up and then it turned into the moonsault thing I'm like yo this is crazy like was the crash was the table there as a setup for like alright if I'm going to miss I'm going to miss forward in that way like if I miss I'm going to land on this table to guide my fall so I don't die but if I if I go too far back I'm going to either break my ankle on this concrete or I, I flip off of them and I've you know kill myself by cracking my head on the concrete pavement so I was like I was trying to think like what his idea was for trying to land this thing and I was like look at you know the more I think about it I was like you're right it was just like he didn't even have a chance to even look where he was going like he basically like had to judge it while he was climbing or as he was climbing up like alright this is about what I need to do and the then like foot? once I get my footing I just go yeah, yeah like I-, yeah. I ain't risking it <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it wouldn't have been me, brother. Um,
0: jeans on you, niggas.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, you have the the spot where like they're trying to murder Sammy uh, with the golf cart. Sammy takes <laughs> meme of the
0: year the, the, so far. Fucking, it's just like call,
1: it's a jackass bump. That, that's a bump straight out of jackass. You 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 doing stuntman shit? Stop this, like, bro. <laughs> that
0: was like. Do you think? Like, of course, you had to do the Young Metro to it. It was just just amazing.
1: Do you think that his hands blocked the bar, or do you think that bar actually clipped his neck? I'm not sure. Um, I,
0: Sammy's a bump god, so he probably protected himself.
1: Yeah. Um. It it looked it looked like he got just decapitated by the damn uh, side bar of the golf cart. Like it was just, ugh. um. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think what else happened. Uh, Janella and Cody opened the show. Um, they had a good match. They had a weird thing where Janela was trying to do some flippy spot off of like the corner of the uh, of the ramp. It didn't work. So Cody can say like, nah. Uh, how about I just punch you in the face instead, and we'll continue wrestling? Um, yeah, I thought, I thought it was a fine match. I didn't think it was great or good. I thought it was fine. Clash of styles, and you know,
0: it's kind of good to see these rather than segmenting all these guys that are one. Yeah.
1: Awesome. Got that. Um what else uh you, you go through whatever whatever uh, else is on the car cuz I don't want Mar-
0: and Frankie Kazarian. That's right. I, re- I That's really right. like that match. And, I did too. I did too. Um like Frankie Kazarian showed up with the
1: fresh line on you boys. <laughs> yes, this 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 man has clearly been talking to Jericho. Um right. this man is clearly has I don't know if he's a, it's a knife or if it's I don't know I don't know what you do in scissors so, uh, I don't know all uh, I know beat- is that like Sammy the uh, hair was even more grown in yeah like uh all I would say is like Kazarian is also now to the plug uh, and I will leave it at that like that man kind
0: of like if you like um like kind of squint at your eyes it looked like John Masu was wrestling like a shorter Randy Orton
1: oh know. my god. Hey, since since we talk about Kazarian and Jericho right now, like when is Moxley him? When is he too going to go talk to Jericho? Bro, he might not. This has been his hair for years and years and years, and it ain't went nowhere. Uh, you sure about that? Yeah. You sure that hairline's the same as it was two thousand fourteen? Because I don't think it is.
0: Because all right, since so two thousand fourteen, he's wearing his hair down a lot.
1: Right. But he cut the back a little. I don't know. It's I I I think he needs it, his thing is like he doesn't have a moonroof situation. He has a receding hairline situation. Mm. So I I think you can, I need if you if you somebody that cares about that sort of thing, you know, like obviously there's a Piper influence there. Piper went to Hollywood. I don't know if you can go to Hollywood looking like that, my guy. You <laughs> might want to go holla at Jericho. We'll see. We'll see though. Um, the Moxley and
0: Kazarian like that match though like they wrestled the fuck out of each other yes. like and yes. it was like as you know that Frankie's like really good like I you know I missed a lot of Frankie Kazarian's career but he's you know they made him he's like yeah he's a tag team guy but he's a really good wrestler and he can hang there with you know the world champion and ultimately yeah. you know Moxley beat him yeah and the, and it's the, thing, solid, I
1: like, and the thing I liked about know? it is like in theory, this should make sense that they could have a contested match. Like, this is a former this is one of the inaugural tag team champions. Um, and he's wrestling the world champ. Like, this should not be some, you know, he dismisses this dude. Like, this should be a thing where like Moxie's a better person, but he had to sweat to beat that dude. And that's what this was. And I thought it was a very good match. Very well um really well done from a technical Mat based and chain based wrestling, um, um, at least start out like match. I really enjoyed what they were doing. Like this was one, this was a lot better than like the beginning of uh, Moxley versus uh 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 Hay- hey, from, from a few weeks yeah. ago. Yeah, this is the wrestling was a lot better. Um, technically, uh, yeah. So. At the yeah, end of the match,
0: uh, Dark Order came out and uh, right. put put the boots to him. And Brody Lee is the challenger. Uh, Brody Lee cuts a long promo on Mox. Mox is like, all you had to do was ask, and uh, I laughed because I was like, wow, it's the WWE coming back to beat up John Moxley.
1: <laughs> yeah, I uh, I I thought that the line was like every time he does stuff like this, it makes me think of that Jericho interview where he talks about like a lot of my sensibilities to be like John McClane and diehard. And that line is like smart ass. Like he's getting his ass beat and he's still a smart ass through it all. Like I, I liked it. I really, I really like he really, he really understands and knows his character.
0: Amazing <laughs> how that works. Um, what what are you thinking of the Moxley Brody Lee match? Um, yeah, I've got some varying opinions on um, you know who should win. Um, I think it's quite clear who should win. Yeah, proxy
1: should win. Like yeah. the idea is like he's a standing proxy for Vince, so Vince should lose. Um, should he, should like does that mean that like uh, I think that. They shouldn't. They should move on and like do nothing with the Dark Order and um, Luke Harper after that or Brody Lee after that. No, I'm just saying like Moxley should win because like the story is he's WWE and you're gonna have the dude that left WWE lose. it makes no fucking sense. And also like he's more. He's not as over as Moxley. So why would I? Why would I change the title to the person that's less over? Um, yeah. But one thing I will say is um in 2000. Uh, when was 2015? February 2015. Raw was in Orlando. This is the one I went to Raw in Orlando, like on base, like three hours notice. Right? Mm. Um,
0: so more time than you had for the NXT Women's House Show.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, that was less time actually. But um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, yeah, I remember like it's five o'clock. I'm like, I might as well go to this shit. Richie, you want to go? You, I think you were at work. Like, fuck it, I'll go. No, I ended worked, yeah. Flying up there, yeah, or flying, but driving up there. Uh, but anyway, um, on that show, uh, that show's notable because that it might be like the last show in WWE history they had like Dusty Rose and Ric Flair on the same show. Um, anyway, um, on that card was Ambrose versus Luke Harper, and they had a very good match on that there. And like, it was weird because at that point in time like i i really liked luke harper i I clearly thought he was the most talented wrestler in the wyatt family and also like it spoke for itself with the wyatt versus um for the wyatt versus shield stuff the end of 2014 for for luke harper um but anyway like they had a really good match and like it always stuck with me that like i saw them have a really good match live so i wonder what they did if it was like you know more time at a bigger scale if they could do it, what they what they could think of, and here we are. So I'm interested to see. I already know they have good chemistry in the ring, so um, I just see what I just want to see what they can do with you know in a title match.
0: Yeah, um, more uh, guys from. I, I think Brody is an interesting choice here, and kind of by proxy, uh, me. I don't think Moxley versus Brody Lee is some type of box office smash or anything so you know i argued that they should put mjf in this spot this month but apparently they may see bigger things for mjf and they're holding on to that but what like you know it's gonna be it's gonna be tough for them you know like Cody and Archer going for the TNT belt, Kenny's in the tag team. We don't know what he's doing for double or nothing yet. So the next guy, kind of on the thing on the rankings and all that that they've been giving attention to, is Brody Lee. So makes sense from that perspective. Um, I what I'm gathering is people either are willingly being confused by the rankings thing, or they don't know how these things work. And we've talked about that on the show. Um, (laughs) Like there's not a single ranking system in the world that the champion has to fight the contenders in order. Um, If you can find one, let me know. Um, (laughs) But the, um, I don't know, like kind of a, kind of a strange match for me here is like more, all right, WWE guys right out of WWE guys coming for the aw title uh consistently here so i i would just like them to be you know
1: conscious of that well my question for you would be and i mean i don't i don't uh this wasn't i don't i, I probably would with jericho again right and then like he beats jericho and jericho moves on to whatever else he's doing but that's not what he want to go with yet um I, I wasn't in love with people. People thought of like, well, this should well MJF could be next because like I don't think MJF's that over. I just don't. Um, and I you know, given that the pay per views in a month, I don't know if they can build up enough tension to make you want to feel, or make you want to you know see it in that way. I don't know. Um, I. I don't know if this is a thing where, you know, I don't know. Like, I don't think they were really good. Aside from Jericho, I don't think they were really good contenders at, for this cycle for, and given what we went through, like, to get to Moxley versus anybody. So, if it wasn't going to be Jericho, I don't think anybody would have been a good pick right now, anyway. So, or a great pick. Like, I think, they're, I think these, you know, if you went with MJF or you went with Harper, Brody Lee would have been fine either way. But, um, I think the only one that would have been like, this makes all the sense in the world, given where we were storyline wise, is Jericho. Right, and I don't know what Jericho's um, doing. Like, or actually, I'm pretty sure he's got to do Jericho versus Jeff Hardy. So, or, I'm sorry, Matt Hardy. So, you know, Hardy do him and Sammy against the Hangman
0: and Kenny if they can get Hangman to come back. But
1: I, yeah, that's another reason why I didn't think of that because like I don't I don't know if he's coming back because he was yeah. coming back. I think he's been back by now, and maybe you know trying to you know they've been trying to build towards this eventual <laughs> breakup between those two. That's on that's off the table right now because he's he's at home. Um, What else did they have that was uh, around? Nyla had a squash
0: against Kenzie Page, who was trained by Kane and Dr. Tom Pritchard. Uh, Took some good bumps. So, um, nice video package for the women's division. They had the uh, 24-7 countdown voice guy. Uh, Sean Spears cut an excellent promo uh, about Cody, that scoundrel. Um, (laughs) And it, it was like, wow, you know, the, I, I, think, I think Sean Spears is of value. And if he's just going to hate Cody forever in the promotion, like, they always going to have to fight.
1: Yeah, this is clearly the – this is like uh, uh, what I like to call the Triple H promo, the Triple H show promo, where it's like he cuts this, like, halfway believable narrative promo uh, that, like y- – makes all the sense in the world given where they are in the storyline except like the part where you have to like say he's full of shit is because he's a bad guy and that's it um and it's like i don't know if this necessarily does that much help for the baby face while you're doing this like the one i remember when he actually funny we just talked about that orlando raw is like they did that with him and rick flair and sting where he's like you know what like basically, Flair is coming out there to tell Triple H, "Like you're not ready for Sting, bro." And then Triple H is like, "You know what? I love you. You know why I hate Sting? Because back in '89, when you were the man, you carried that dude, and he became a star. And he and all he did was live off your rep. And I'm going to erase him for 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 not like paying you the, the respects you deserve." And then like Rick says, "All right." But when he beat, when he puts you on your ass, don't say I ain't warn you. And then he shoves Rick and he says, after he just said that like, he's doing this for Rick, he says, "Shut up, old man." <laughs> it's like, what the fuck is this Triple H? <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah, like
0: Cor- Cody, horrible brother, uh, was established yeah, by is, by Sean Spears, yes. and later we would
1: find out he is a horrible husband as uh, well. Yeah. You know, Brandi uh, has a great promo, and she talks about. It is funny cuz like this was like I'm um, over a month ago it feels it feels like when um when uh Jake said that promo about Brandy about she's Cleopatra, which means that you know uh, Cody is Caesar and the eyes of March and talking about like are you you know said all types of like inappropriate things referred to uh, Brandy as as a uh, aside from the Cleopatra line said are you Cleo- are you uh, seasonally uh, Cleopatra or are you you know uh, Bill's Monica or whatever else and it's like and so she basically is like bro you don't know me keep my name out your mouth I ain't for this bullshit like that's y'all shit leave me out of it so yeah awesome promo <laughs> <so> then, <laughs> presence um, star power all that yeah um, she's, she definitely can promo that's all I want to ever do, though. I don't want to <laughs> <laughs> shit else. Uh, yeah. So, or she can just take this here job to Brit. Oh yeah, that, yeah, that's gonna happen. God, that's going to happen. They they put it in motion. It's going to happen. Maybe. Well, look, why can't they just cancel this shit now? Like how they canceled the uh, the the, the uh, Nightmare Collective. Just like uh-uh. this ain't this ain't gonna be a good look. This ain't gonna get either one of them over. Let's just cancel this shit. Um. Anyway. Uh oh yeah it was it was QT Marshall versus Lance Archer. Lance Archer proceeds to beat the shit out of this goofball. He hit him with a forearm shot. And this is what I. This is what I. This a praise I will give QT Marshall. No, oh, hold on. Let me let me make sure I'm sitting down here. He sold the fuck out of this shot from the for, uh, forearm shot. He saw like he had just been murdered. Like this was Dolph Zigglerian selling. Like it was incredible. Um, he beat the shit out of him. Uh, Brandy get. Brandy and Britt have some exchange. I can't remember. Do you remember the exchange exactly? I don't know what visible? what was happening. I think she got close and then I know
0: that's after the match, Britt jumped the guard rail and just hit her with the, Jake the Snake D D T.
1: Yes, on the concrete. And then after that, after you know they dispatch of QT, like he should have been dispatched, uh, they bring in um Brandy, Jake goes he's out there, he goes to the back, he grabs a snake, he brings a snake and puts it on Brandy he then uh, lays on top of Brandy in push-up position and he did basically everything but hunch Brandy I was yes. uncomfortable, I, I don't know how you felt about it, but I was like <laughs> He can't. He told to be doing this shit. Stop this, bro. Like hey, whatever. Brandy was selling out, so she, yeah.
0: immediate retribution. So, um, I was looking for Cody. Apparently, yeah. they said he was like yeah. too far away in the Commenta- building or something. Yes.
1: commentary said that he was so far in the back from selling some injury. I think it was a knee injury in that match. I can't remember that uh, he would need a golf cart to get there in time. He doesn't have access to one of those. So, he so he broke. Huh?
0: So he had access to all that pyro though. Yeah, you know, sure so, like, um, so like, so like, okay. so like, you know, about that, it's like my- this, this lack of awareness, motherfucker. Your wife's going out there with someone you say is your friend in Q T Marshall, right? Mm-hmm. And your ass is gonna be like, oh yeah, I'll see you guys, whatever, knowing that this motherfucker busted your brother's head open the last time, literally last quote unquote last week or whatever. <laughs> Not- like the uh- lack of awareness is stunning. Look, for my Cody. thing is
1: this. If they want to use that excuse that he couldn't make it out there in time, I'm fine by that. But I need some type of update. Like, did, did they cut to
0: him for interviews? I, or, did, I, need some, I, need,
1: I need some kind of update on, is Brandy okay? Is she shook up? How pissed are you Slash some way to get a mic in front of Cody after that happens. Like there was a, there was a whole lot of show after this happened is like, it was just dropped. And I, you know, I thought I figured that they would have touched on it. They just left it there, which I'm assuming he's going to get a promo on Wednesday. Next and then yeah. touch on. It. it's like, nah, bro, I wouldn't have done it this way. Or I don't think I don't think it would, I think it would be more effective to get that promo right then, than wait a week on it after everybody's cooled down or whatever else. Um, yeah, uh, what I'm trying to think? Is there anything else of note?
0: Um, uh, Darby Allen walked off on Taz. Oh, Taz <laughs> told me pin yourself.
1: Yes, which is exactly why I thought like it was a terrible finish for him because you can say that to him, like, bro, you pin yourself, you dummy, and he was mad. He's gonna be mad. He was dumbass, Darby.
0: Um, they announced that there's going to be a casino ladder match. Yes. I would assume oh, like t- since there's going to be no battle Royal to have 30 motherfuckers in there, uh, yes. pandemic. But, um, th- th- so far, uh, Darby Allen and Colt Cabana have been announced. I'm waiting for Ray Phoenix to be announced because I know he's in Jacksonville right now and he's on a W dart tomorrow night. Well, oh, he uh, Al- yeah, he's fighting Allen angels the dude that. Kenny went six Allen. minutes yeah. with. Yeah. So, um, I would like to see Phoenix win and have him fight Moxley on TV at some point, because this is what I mean about getting guys out of their comfort zones. Like I want to see these cross kind of matchups. Like what does Moxley do with, with fucking Ray Phoenix? Like, yeah, that you would be your, fucking great.
1: Yeah. Get yourself out of like, have these matches of styles clashes. That's the reason why we all like enjoyed, you know, um, like the cruiserweight division, when we were younger. It's like, you have high flyers, we have technicians, and, I mean, now, you know, these days we have bruisers and powerhouses and everything else and it's to see the styles clash and what they can come up with when they put, you know, their their strengths together. So, yeah, like, that's how you end up with AEW, you know, being successful. I think, like, a lot of um, like, for example, we talked about that Moxie match, right? That broke, mm-hmm. out t- that broke out into a fucking strong style battle out of nowhere at the end. Like, we didn't talk about that, but like, that was the reason why, like, I liked that match so much as, like, or in two parts it's like great tug of wrestling and then they opened up and started just like unleashing on each other and it was interesting um right. yeah so anything else that you can think of that happened? Um, I think I'm I don't remember anything that's
0: else. it the street fight was fucking great like yeah. I like lots of fun yeah, watching it two fun. five 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 niggas to beat Kenny but you know <laughs> yeah so um, oh that's
1: that's another one I forgot to bring up so uh, we always get on, like, everybody outside of AEW uh, from when they have matches that go for length and, like, it's a quote-unquote no-DQ match and it's like, why don't the Hills just hop in and cheat right now? Well, in order them forget, they started getting out of the ring once, like, they had, um, uh, the Bayface had a pinfall and then Haggard like, starts cheating. He gets involved. And then at the very end, after, like, 20 minutes have gone by, at the end to make the save at the perfect it's, it's time a trap. at the perfect time are Ortiz and Santana. Like I get what y'all are saying about like though why don't the Hills just hop in these no DQ matches and cheat all the time? But it's like, look, man, if you want to watch that kind of match, go for it. I do not. Those you matches know, fucking stink watching five-on-twos for off-jump. Uh, off, off jump. Those are dumb matches. I prefer, I, if you get my choice of you got to fight two of the inner circle, knowing that it's going to eventually lead to this, or um, five-on-two off-jump, I prefer the way they do it where people just come out later. I'm fine with, like, I don't really, you know, I wish you could just say, like, you're banished from it, but whatever else, but, like,
0: sometimes so think... you got
1: to do these matches to get heat.
0: So I think um, it was a strategy by the inner circle to lure them boys out that way, and the stunt yeah. because of the scoreboard. Like, mm-hmm. so they knew they had to get them out there, and you know, once he was out there, the signal was given. Once he was in
1: there, are you saying the inner circle laid out this yes. plan, or that Tony Khan, the Booker laid out it the
0: plan? The inner circle. It, I, I don't know what what, you, what you mean by a Booker. <laughs> I don't know who like Tony Khan. What do you mean, like?
1: All right, all right. You know,
0: this is a shoot, brother. Mm-hmm. You know,
1: I, yes. <laughs> Yes, and I'm sure that Johnny Gargano and Candice Ray both uh, were the booker when they decided, like, yeah, we're going to go 50 minutes, and at the 48-minute mark, you come out, and then you kick him in the dick. <laughs> it's the same shit. Like, it's, it's the same thing. Like, you're going to have a fuck finish at the end. Do you want it for 50? Do you want it for the whole duration of the match or at the end? You decide. Like, it's American wrestling. This is the shit they do in American wrestling. I wish they stopped doing this shit. You can't stop them from doing it, apparently. It, it just... It, it can't find a way to just not do this in American wrestling or whatever. This what they do. It's the lesser of the evil, I guess, in my opinion. I don't... I wish... I'm with you. I hated... I hated the finish. I thought that, like... Goddamn, like... <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, nah, so of so of so
1: Gargano and Chompa. thing. I didn't. I never watched a match. By the way, you know. No, but I, mean, I could go through a bunch but, of different matches you've seen before, where, yeah. where in WWE or whatever else, we're like, it's a no DQ match, or there's interference in the match. Is like, well, y'all went this long. Why didn't you just do the? Why didn't you do the cheating earlier or whatever else? Like, and this is like, this is just American wrestling. I don't like it when they do it, but like, it happens from time to time. They, I got um, a good match for those parts, so I'm not complaining that much. Like, another yeah, one would be um, that, um, that like, four blaze. star.
0: Huh? I just had a timeline of Blaze. Like, oh, yeah? Sure. yeah? Yeah. It was <laughs> like, like one of those celebrations like on the timeline like okay. that was happening uh, all throughout the month of February when AEW finished with a great show. Like People were just happy to see this thing back live again. And I don't know. I guess just there's a different uh, energy around it when it's live. But. Uh, I, I don't know
1: if this was better than their show from, like, two weeks ago, but I thought, it was, I thought it was a very good show. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I mean, unfortunately, one of the things about, you know, doing one of these shows, like, on a Monday after a WWE pay-per-view is that, like, we have these Wednesday shows or whatever else, and, you know, there's only so long I can stay mad. Mm-hmm. And so we're about to go through this NXT review. From from bro, last Wednesday,
0: I didn't watch it like I watched last week's, but like this was another one of those takeover takeover pay per view ones, bro. They put that kind of card out, yeah, bro. Uh, just every review ripping it to pieces, just saying how bad like the structure of NXT is. Like it seems like this show was like it was like stake for anyone with long. Form kind of talking points on the direction of NXT. Oh, you mean like me? <laughs> oh, I mean, like me too. I said a lot of this stuff too. Like, like
1: the shit is just like
0: okay. like we like we, we call what's happening like with the women's division and then like the men's division. We were talking about that, uh, you know, months at ago. beginning
1: of last at the beginning of this year when it was like all right, well, like the best thing on it is like the women or whatever else. This just they have. Okay, so. Match first match on the card was uh Gargano versus uh Dijakovic, and it's a good match. The problem is, they're, they're beating a shy of each other, lots of Chris strikes, good wrestling. The problem is, like over and over and over they keep having Candice come in and distract this dumbass uh, Dijak. He keeps getting distracted and distracted and distracted. And eventually Gargano, after like the 20th distraction, puts him away. So great, Dijak, you're a mid baby babyface on this brand. You are not getting a promotion. You will be doing jobs to Johnny Gar- Jonathan Gargano. Fine. Like, I- I- whatever. I, I would have wished that like either you-, you give Dijak the win here or... um. Or find a DQ to get out of it or something. I actually really like if you're gonna to come to DQ, like you know my point. Like just don't put the match. Like I don't think that like Johnny Gargano needs Who are we to win. Going right to there? I don't think Johnny Gargano does not need to fucking win. But this is in but this is the thing, like in a vacuum is not the end of the world. And just like we're gonna go through all these finishes on this on this uh, all the big matches on this card, like these are not like the the end the camel these are not like these devastatingly bad decisions. It's just that like once you do this on a card in the context of you did this all in one night it's just all the fucking heat in the world right like so baby so gargano just cheats his ass off and wins that match really good match but cheats his ass off in that match um i don't even remember then they start having a bunch of short-ass matches right uh they had a
0: tozawa versus gallagher
1: tozawa versus gallagher was super short yeah, and it it was fine. It wasn't. It, like I don't, I don't know what's going on with Galler. Galler is not as good as he was. Uh, let's,
0: say let's say two thousand
1: seven. Let's say two thousand sixteen. He's not as good. <laughs> it he. feels like watch these matches. Man's depressed. Maybe like <laughs> I don't know. Uh But like this this whole thing of like his work style. Like now that he's a heel, is not like he's still good. But it's like before. I used to be like every time I saw him, I like had a blast. Not no more. Um. Also, with the with the tournament, like they
0: can't just chop these matches to like three minutes of, and expect people to take them serious. Right. The same I, w- way.
1: I was going to get to that after the second one, but yeah, you're right. Like this is the first one of the match of the night that goes super short. Um, it's a two hour show, and you have five matches that mattered, and only one of them didn't go super short. It's, that's a problem. Like don't book matches that have importance, and then they all go super short. What the fuck? Uh, so. I can't even remember what's next on the card after that. I'm just going to flat. I'm just going to go Chelsea
0: straight. Green,
1: Chelsea Green, Xia Chelsea Green, Xia Chelsea is a winning after um, um, Aaliyah comes out, and she's still mad about the broken fi- broken nose thing from months ago, even though I thought that was squash, even dating back to um, before WrestleMania. But she's still mad. Uh, she is a dumb baby face stuff here. Zaya has a match. One is about to go for a finish. Aliyah single leg climbs up on the apron. Uh, Zaya takes her out. She runs and then turns around and she runs to a finisher from um, Chelsea. Uh, so it looks like from there, Robert Stone extends a, extends a hand to Single A. Single A gets up and is now apparently going to be the paint year for Chelsea Green and the Robert Stone brand. I don't know where Vanessa Bourne is. I don't know what's going on, but uh, that looks like that's for Nito. Um, I think as far as a fit, given like what the Robert Stone thing has been with Chelsea and what Aliyah's old gimmick was, I f- think it's a great fit. Uh, And if she's, she's going to go out there and just eat pins to protect Chelsea, fine.
0: Yeah, we'll, we'll see her in four months.
1: Right. Look, more heat. <laughs> but, but back to back. So, what was the next after that? Cause you have you have the lit thing up. Uh, I
0: yeah. Uh, it's Killer Cross. Excuse me. Carrion Cross.
1: Carrion oh, Cross has a kick ass entrance. It's, but the problem is it's more super, super dark metal motherfucker of the day in NXT. This goes back to sanity. This goes back to Alistair Black. This goes back to the uh, Ascension. Um, I'm sure I'm forgetting other people too. Bro.
0: The fucking lip syncing Scarlet not being like sexy anymore. She's like scary. It's like, how do y'all make her less like appealing? Like, Scarlet Bordeaux, of all people, like the, the cringe lip syncing of the song, and oh my god, it, it was just so much. It was like, all right, you y'all know what I'm gonna say, we're gonna know exactly when they give up on this dude if they do, right? All the fucking smoke in the ring is just so overproduced and yep. like it's just
1: exhausting at this point, yeah. Um. Oh, I forgot Rhea Ripley when I went to the talk about the uh, people, dark metal and, and whatnot. Yeah, it's yeah. another one. Um, yeah, so they—that's that's the new one. So we'll see where that goes. Uh, he squashed. Um, he squashed somebody with like fucking. Leon Ruff. Like choke, with like choke suplexes or whatever else. Um, Leon Ruff, you said, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, you know, you know. Look at, cheese, look at the cheeseburger influence. Look at it. Yeah. Um, next match after that. Was it the Candice Murdock? Yep. And Charlotte. Yep. Um, they're having a good match. Uh, the match it only goes seven minutes, but by the time they get to like the six five minute match, or whatever or, or mark or whatever or else, the match starts getting very good. It leads to a um, moonsault from EO off of the top rope onto the floor. Um, she misses it because uh, Charlotte gets out the way. Charlotte. Uh, grabs a kendo stick, hits her with it then proceeds to for the for the DQ of course, fuck finish she proceeds to beat the shit out of uh, EO and is targeting the leg and is about to go for the Braille Hart Heart uh, leg figure 4 Rhea runs out, makes a save and then EO is mad at Rhea even though Rhea just saved her from being put on the shelf because the match was already thrown out because Charlotte hit her with a kendo stick as I just mentioned they come, go to commercial break, they come back. So like, this is for, Go ahead. So, is Charlotte,
0: like, a baby face, or... No, she's a heel. Because I've been hearing different circles, like, she's actually supposed to be a baby face or something shit. But, like...
1: Look, this is what I'm going to say to you. Uh, a few months ago, we were also hearing that, like, they were going for Seth and Messiah shit to be Bret Hart 97. Does any of that remind you of Bret Hart 1997 yeah, to you? A, so... Yeah. Like the people first. say a lot of shit. That's what that's basically I'm coming out. I'm gonna tell you what it comes to what they look at on TV. She's a heel.
0: <sighs> EO Survivors is Charlotte. You can only do the match one for the first time, one time yeah. ever. And this is what they decide to do. This is why days. we can't tr- like this is why we can't trust uh you know WWE a lot of times. Like there I thought this was no BS, James. Like what right. w- what is this?
1: um the fourth time we got BS in span of like an hour and 15 minutes hour and 10 minutes like the right. match we just went through every match had fucking except for uh the carrying cross match had fucking heat because uh, a heel cheated right um next I, I don't even know what the next match oh yeah so after they go for commercial break after uh Rhea made the save They're outside on the uh, outside outside the compound, the campus, whatever you want to call full sale. And uh, we're for a
0: month, Rhea Ripley. Yeah,
1: (laughs) they they ask her. You know, we first time we've seen you since WrestleMania, since WrestleMania match was going on, blah blah blah. She goes try to answer. EO comes out and says, Mm -hmm. you 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 know, fuck you, basically or whatever else. And they start arguing. There's a pull apart, and we don't know what the future holds for them. I mean, to me, it looks like they're headed towards a three way. I don't know, whatever. Yeah. Next, uh, what was the next match after that? Kashida and Jake Atlas. Yeah, this match is where I had my fucking breaking point when I started realize what's going on. Like, um, or probably I fully turn on the show because like there's good wrestling going on on the show. It's just like the decisions and the booking is fucking up the what's going on, what I'm watching. So those two go out there and proceed to fly around, flip around have great technical ability. It's a Kashita match versus a dude that can fly. It it's a great match. It goes like in my mind I'm like, "Holy shit, it's only went like 5 minutes. Kashita beats him um by catching him um catching him in some type of flying armbar gets the, gets the pin." And the thing for me was like, "Huh." So, y'all just had a Cruiserweight match. The cruiserweight tournament match goes short before early this night. This is the second one on the card, this one also goes short you are setting up your group final for this block, group whatever you want to call it, to be 2 and 0 Kushida versus 1-1 one one Drake Maverick, where Drake Maverick has to beat Kushida to, to win on the tiebreaker, uh-huh. and the person he lost to just got dispatched by Kushida inside of five minutes. That's fucking dumb. <laughs> so, I'm just like, another part about it is like, it went super short, and it just hurt Drake Maverick, in theory, and, like, they were having... What they were doing was kick-ass, like, and it's Kushida. He can go 12 minutes. I've seen it. On your own <laughs> fucking television, I've seen it. He had a four-and-a-quarter match with Walter at, uh, last year on NXT. What... Why can't we watch this dude wrestle for a long period of time? I don't get it. Whatever. So. What a step up in his career. Yeah. Right. He's going to be the NXT Cruiserweight Champion. Uh, So. The interim Cruiserweight Champion. I'm sorry. uh, You're right. So. (laughs) So. Then. After that I'm like. Well. It's like. 920. Or 930. Or something like that. I'm like. What could they possibly be doing. Like, is, is Velveteen and Adam Cole about to go 30 minutes? What's going on? No. Jesus, I hope not. They, <laughs> maybe in 2018 or 19. Uh, So, they cut to... And I forgot about this. They had a prompt. Last week, they promoted that, uh, you know, we missed out on Velveteen versus... Um, Finn Balor from last week because someone attacked Finn Balor and ransacked his locker room even though they showed the locker room with no sight of Finn Balor. Finn Balor's there to address who who may have done this. Um, it turns so he basically says, I don't know who did this but I'm going to find out and when I do I'm on your ass. Uh, his promo
0: was terrible.
1: So from there he goes to the back. He basically said like anybody, anybody, anyone. I'm, I'm, I'm. Anybody, everybody's suspect. So look, be able to look over your shoulders. I'm gonna find whoever did this. So
0: he started doing all these insider shoot comments. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. But was He was like nigga. Why?
1: Oh yeah, he said like you think. Oh yeah, he's like people are trying to hurt me to get a push, but you, you're gonna run into me and it's gonna be a squash. He says something basically like that verbatim, uh, or very close to what he said. So not verbatim. That'd be the opposite of verbatim. Uh, so, so then, out comes Cameron Grimes against I think Denzel Dijonette. Yeah, I'm telling you, bro this, this cheeseburger influence is there. So, anyway, he goes for his mo- for the double stomp. He misses double stomp. There's another move. He hits a double stomp. Then he gets on the mic and says to says that like there are people out here like Finn Balor is talking that shit. And I and I, and I don't know why he's talking this reckless because if I ever see if I see him, I'm slapping across his face. He keeps talking and keeps talking cash shit as Balor walks out and he has his face like motherfucker. You said what? He walks out, he gets face to face with uh <laughs> with um Grimes. Grimes is like, hey bro, I'm not, you know, like I was just talking, bro, like this ain't the time to place for this kind of shit. And he basically bitches uh and hoes uh Cameron Grimes, he whoops his ass, and then he goes to the back, which is like, okay, so he just whooped a dude, just squashed a dude. So who got over here? Right. Like that did nothing for Grimes. Grimes is like Grimes is looking up at the stars. uh, After this, Uh, anyway, just my somebody's big. Whatever, so I'm like, okay, so y'all did that and wasted. It's was probably like five minutes, six minutes. Y'all wasted that time when you could have given that to Kushida and, and Atlas, and like we still don't know Atlas. The second time we ever seen, or no, uh, no, the second time we ever seen Atlas,
0: very early, or the third the time we seen
1: Atlas. Like, let's see what he can do. Like, he looks spectacular in the match he had with Kushida, but only went like five minutes and when I found out after that it didn't in fact go five minutes it went closer to three minutes I got even more mad at the time but it's been <laughs> days so like even if you hear how mad I am now or whatever else it was a lot worse uh, then so then we get to the main event NXT title match Adam Cole versus um Velveteen the Dream they begin to wrestle like they're up against the clock and is running to a, going into a sprint seven minutes and 48 seconds okay so the problem with that is it went through a commercial break. So there it went like it went like nine minutes or ten minutes or whatever. Gotcha. So whatever. Um no, actually, whatever. It doesn't matter. Like it started, it was like 949 or some shit like that when the bell rang. So they're wrestling and it's like, okay. They're wrestling and he and Adam Cole is looks like he's about to be put away. Outcomes undisputed. Undisputed comes out down the ramp. All of a sudden, Destro comes crawling from underneath the apron. Then, all of a sudden, Roddy comes charging at Loomis. Loomis uh, throws him up onto the apron. The ref, by this point in time, is out stuck. Is stuck his head um, between the ropes to tell the riffraff to go away. Um, ends up being a ref bump um, when uh, when he is thrown up in the sky into the ref. Um Velveteen, because it's two on one on the outside, helps even the odds with, with a uh, a dive. So clears off all the riff that happened on the outside. Climbs back into the ring, eats a eats a super kick, eats a and eats a knee the last ride, and he gets pinned. So it's like Jesus Christ, like think of these last think of these last uh Adam Cole title defenses since Survivor series. He has a match with uh Finn Bauer that was built up Finn Balor has him beaten until Johnny Gargano comes out and he's distracted and Cole basically hits with a super kick and then knees him. Um, go to the Portland match with Champa. They do all the same interference from the two out of three falls match from NXT um, New York with Gargano from the first Gargano um, Cole match. Except this time, after surviving all that, out comes Gargano, hits him with the belt shot, pins him. Then you have more in this match with interference. It's like, all right, you've done three straight fucking title matches where interference has led to saving Adam Cole's ass. I'm done. We need a new champion. We need to build up somebody to take the belt off of him because y'all out of ideas with the dude. I I was going to ask, does it feel like Cole's
0: even the central guy on the show anymore? And how long has it been since that's not been the case?
1: I don't know who the central guy is on the show. I have no idea.
0: I think that's a sign.
1: Who's top star in NXT right now? I have no fucking clue,
0: right? And it's like it
1: used to be Johnny. They've they fucked that up. Uh, before then, it was, I mean, I don't know. It's like, done now, but it can't like be Johnny they, again. This got a oh,
0: this match got abused in the head to head ratings uh, against a street fight. I'm like, what a shock. This, like uh, absolute, like I'm talking like high eight hundred thousands to like five hundred thousand live viewers, five ninety three or something like that. I hope and it's shot, like,
1: why would I be shot by that? I just I just detailed to you that all the show was fucking heat.
0: Yeah, and, 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 and not
1: good matches because you want to call these matches because you don't want to beat anybody.
0: Yeah, it's it's
1: after you after you spent weeks promoting these matches and then you don't want to beat anybody after you promoting them. Yeah, you boy, like fuck off.
0: Yep, Uh, and it's like, this is a different company, this is a different NXT than NXT was 12 months ago. This is a different
1: company than NXT was four months ago. This is a different NXT than it was before. Like, you look at this stretch from Portland to now, this is totally different. Yeah. Obviously, you have the stuff of you know the uh, the um the pandemic. It's changed the way you know the wrestling has been done, being done or whatever else. However, like you watch that takeover show and you's like, this is still the be- this is still the best wrestling. This build the best American uh, in ring product we have. Um, now <laughs> they they they're booking as if they don't know what's coming next week.
0: Yeah. uh, It feels like they're feeling the pressure from uh, a lot of different angles.
1: I mean, they did a lot of hot shotting to get to uh, Portland, (laughs) but at the same time, they could have recalibrated and just simply put people in spots and pushed them to certain levels. And they didn't know that. Like, well, really the only, or since WrestleMania, the only person that they really did that with was like, or not at WrestleMania, but you know, you know what I mean? Like, uh, like, they put EO in position to be the title contender. Um, they just fucked that, right? By, or by I don't know, or, or whatever else. Who or knows she, they do that? Didn't, like, she, didn't she win a ladder match to just get the match? She won a ladder match to get that match, and then they... So it's they, like, what's the fucking point? Like To do a, if, to do a, a fuck finish? To yeah, it's, even further? It,
0: it's, it's so dumb. It's, it's lazy. Like,
1: it, it's lazy. It's
0: like, why do we care about the ladder match the next time you do it for the number one contender? Like... It's just like simple rules of booking that they're just feel like they're being just violated. And it well, this is like shit that just will come back to you at the like, at least expect it. And, and you look up and it's like, wow, we've set a trap for ourselves that's been three months in the making. So, like,
1: next week is um, Thatcher in Riddle versus. Undisputed era, uh, all right? Undisputed, uh, not nah, they. They ran already, uh, oh, through that already. Oh, Imperium. Uh, sorry, Eichner and Bartel. Yeah. So that's the only thing I think is on tap for next week. But you know, we better get a whole lot of fucking answers because, like, um, obviously we know we're gonna get to um, uh, cruiserweight classic, uh, cruiserweight classic, two cruiserweight uh, tournament matches, whatever else. But like outside of that, I don't know what else is on tap. And but they need to figure, they need to get some answers on what the fuck they're doing because. Like, like they have no identity. Their ross Their ross positioning's all fucked up. I I can't I can't tell who the top baby face in the men's uh, singles division is. Um, I don't know who the next potential uh con- t- title contender is. Which is like you should be able to see that come around, around the corner for easily. They they have no one set up. Um, the women, I I don't know. I don't. That's the
0: Charlotte like, Vortex. Like.
1: like like I don't know. Like it could be a three way. It could be Io and Rhea. F- fight to get to Charlotte it could be the rematch from Wrestlemania I don't know or it could or they could run back E over Charlotte but like if you do that like that rating is going to tank because you just fuck your fans uh, on Wednesday with that nonsense
0: yeah you know, yeah Nicole thing is like really like becoming a glaring issue the I only, think
1: the only thing I can think of for him right now at this moment is to either a they need to get uh, Riddle out of that shit, or, or actually,
0: he beat Riddle too.
1: <laughs> but that was, but that was in November, or not November, October. Yeah. Um, the problem, like, I don't know, like they don't have a good options. The only one I can really think of that I would be intrigued by is like, you know, last year around this time they did tease that they were going to break up uh, Undisputed Era. They can tease that again. Um, and then do and then finally do strong versus uh, Cole, but outside of that, I don't know. Like and the, the weird thing about it is because of that finish, like that just leads you believe they're going to do Cole versus Velveteen again. And I'm like, I just saw the seventh minutes in a sprint. I don't want to watch it now in front of no fans for for uh, eighteen minutes. I'm good.
0: What do you make of the new NXT main event talent, Des or Loomis?
1: I don't know what they're. I don't know. I think that they're probably about the of in all of this said and done. Like they're going to do a odd couples tag team of with, with uh, Velveteen and, and Loomis, and you know, it's fine. I I don't know. I it, like I like uh, the Loomis match from a few weeks ago. The singles match. I enjoyed that match, but it's like he's playing a character, and it's like I don't watch NXT for characters. I watch NXT to watch the best wrestling in America. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm, not, I'm not, I like the best in ring product in America. Like, in, in simple booking, like take that shit to the main roster, bro. Like, put him, put him with Bray Wyatt. <sighs> yeah, Dynamite was great. <laughs> yeah. So. Um, I think that's it. I don't have anything else. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I think that's all. Thank you guys for uh, listening to the show. If you guys feel so as moved to make a donation to the show, y'all know how to do it. Uh, We appreciate everybody that has so far. Um, I'm a filibuster while James gets ready to uh my, close this bitch down.
1: My phone just died, so I'm gonna <laughs> in my head. Uh yeah, be thanks for listening, to the show. Be sure to rate us on whatever app you're using to listen to this. Uh tell all the folks about the Soul Suplex podcast network. Um also shout out to our uh friends at um PowerSlam.tv to sponsor the show. If you're a fan of independent pro wrestling uh, independent pro wrestling you have over five thousand hours of footage from all over the world, you can use the code Soul Suplex to get your free months trial. Um also um check out dot com slash social suplex and pick up some official social suplex podcast network merchandise. And also check out the other shows on the Social Suplex Podcast Network on uh Sundays or Mondays like days like this. You have um one inch radio. On Tuesdays you have keep it a strong style, on Wednesdays you have the Ricky and Clyde Wrestling Podcast or the Wrestling Show.
0: Wrestling
1: show Podcast. Ricky and Clive Rusting show on every other Wednesday. Hope we to see him back soon. Yeah, um, every other Wednesday you we have Grown Man Watch the Shit on Fridays. You have Get in the Ring, and on Saturdays you have All Things Elite. Uh, thanks for listening. Peace. Later.